welcome. We have been waiting for you. They do not want you to be here. But where others fail, you will succeed. Forget the cell. In this space, time is endless. You are now experiencing the fourth dimension. Are you ready for what lies ahead? mind will transcend reality. Your consciousness will be sharpened like a sword. You will lose all connection to the outside world. And nothing will ever be the same again. Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello there. Welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are, doesn't matter. Come on in. for the regular people you're all welcome make yourself at home keep your pants on though I really don't want to see that thing flapping around and I don't think anybody else does either let's do this Thursday night free for all ladies and gentlemen Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It is Thursday night. It is the free-for-all. Thanks so much for joining us. I am Boogie Bumper. I hope you had a lovely day. I certainly did. I hope you've had a lovely week. And as usual, of course, we have got so much to get through, plenty to get through. And I couldn't think of a better audience to get through it with. So thank you very much for joining. Thank you very much for sharing. Just a quick little reminder. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to wish me a happy Thursday, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. And another little reminder, the Discord, ladies and gentlemen, is open for business. It's not really a business. (laughs) You don't have to pay. It's free. So it's a pretty terrible business. The Discord is open for crappy business. Crappy, crappy business. So if you head over to my timeline, uh, you'll find the link. Head on in. Some good discussion already. Some good some good debate flowing already. So that's good to see. And I suspect it'll be that way until the communists and the Nazis make their way in, which they eventually will. <laughs> but unless they uh, directly threaten somebody else, 
or call for banning somebody else, then I want them to stay. And the reason is because it could bring all of us together to laugh at the communists and laugh at the Nazis <laughs> and, you know, take their very, very serious, long-held views about politics, culture, and the way things should be and turn them into a running gag for our own amusement. I think that's the way we should deal with it. So please head on over to the Discord if you like. Uh, people in the Discord, feel free to share that link out. Send it out. Let's get a conversation going. Let's get a debate going. For next week's show, I will set up the voice chat, uh, the call-in feature for this show. So if you are a Discord member, you'll be able to call into the show, have your say, tell the world what you think. Well, not really the world, the 90 or so people that are listening right now. That'll do. That's all you need. <laughs> because if you're listening to me, let's be honest, it's probably best that we keep you from the rest of society. We don't want the rest of society. We don't want you leaking out there with the normal people. We want to keep you nice here and comfortable and safe with the rest of the freaks. So thank you so much for joining us. As I said, got so much to get through. It's been a hell of a week, hasn't it? Uh, on the back of William Barr's extraordinary performance in front of the Senate, which I watched all six hours of, and if you missed yesterday's show, feel free to go back and download it or watch it on the video or download the podcast. It was absolutely stupendous. A stupendous performance from the most boring man on earth. The best DMV employee the world has ever seen, otherwise known as William Bill Barr. He gave them nothing. He offered nothing. They took nothing. <laughs> and everybody was outraged by the end of the day, except for William Barr. <laughs> And they've been making all sorts of claims, all sorts, all sorts of ideas that they want, things that they want to happen to Billy, William Barr in the aftermath of his performance in the Senate and his no-show today to the House of Congress. So we will get into a bit of that. I've got a couple of things carried over from yesterday's show. We're going to go right, we're going to go to the coalface, the coalface of the resistance movement, ladies and gentlemen. If you remember... Chris Cuomo declared that Antifa was, uh, you know, a good, noble, virtuous movement of people. Sure, they might do the wrong thing sometimes, very rarely, very occasionally. But for the most part, they're fighting for the right ideals. So let's go to, the, let's go to ground zero for Antifa. Let's get right up in there close and see exactly what happens at an Antifa rally. So I've got that primed, ready to go. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very illuminating, to say the least. It's a big groundswell, a big groundswell movement. Grassroots action, political action. You love it. I know you do. So we'll get into that. We've also, I want to touch on a little bit of internet regulation over in the UK. I do have some wonderful Australian political news for you, which you, you may not be interested in Australian politics, but you're going to love this story because it involves a strip club. So if that doesn't get you interested, then nothing will. Of course, when an Australian goes to Washington, D.C., where else would they end up but a strip club? Making deals about guns. <laughs> it, just, I'm, it makes me so proud. I'm just so patriotic. Where else would they go? Bar, strip club. Yep, sounds about right. So we'll get into that. I've also got the weird and wonderful stories from around the web to break everything up. And, of course, your contributions on the Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. 
which is always the highlight of the show. So settle in, pour yourself a drink, make yourself a snack, because I think we're going to be here for a while. And if you stick around till the end of it, you wish that you didn't. So let's kick it off the way we like to with this. Now you face the Shredder. Time for the Shredder, baby. Kimber in the chat asking, was it a male or female strip club? (laughs) You'll see. You'll see. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, one of my personal favorite salon, the go-to for these kinds of stories. Most voters believe Trump committed a crime, but still oppose impeachment. Why would that be the case? Why would that be the case? See, for all this time, they've been telling us that Donald Trump thinks he can get away with everything. He can get away with anything. He thinks he's untouchable. He's been committing crimes his entire adult life. He's basically a mafia boss, right? He's destroying the democratic institutions. He's running wild. He's uh, he's lawless. He's a terrorist. He must be stopped. He must be brought to heel. To use the words of Hillary Clinton. But <laughs> apparently most of the American population tend to agree. Yeah, he can do it every once. Sure, he might have committed some crimes, but I don't want to see the guy lose his job. (laughs) America is a very tolerant society, it seems. After the Mueller report, slightly fewer Americans view Trump as a criminal. Most remain opposed to impeachment. A large majority of Americans believe President Donald Trump committed crimes before became... This is written terribly, so I'll do my best to interpret it on the fly. I'll tell you how it's written. A large majority of Americans believe President Donald Trump committed crimes before became president. Right? But the same number of voters oppose impeachment, according to the results of a new poll released May the 2nd. The survey conducted by Quinnipiac University reveals that 57% of voters believe Trump committed crimes before being elected to president, while 28% do not. The interesting thing here is they don't actually say what kind of crimes. <laughs> they don't bother to go into it. Did he have a traffic violation? Right? Did he maybe get picked up for jaywalking at some point? The brutal reality of law in the Western world, not just America, not just the UK, not just Canada, not not just Australia, not just New Zealand, all of them, all of them. It, it the the layers of law that have been slapped over the top of one another. You know how people say, just follow the law, just do what the law says? Nobody on earth actually knows every single law. Especially when we get into things like taxation law, immigration law. There are so many laws that it is practically impossible not to break one. Literally. And I've seen studies where they estimate all of us break at least three or four or five laws every single day without even knowing it. We don't even know. Good comment in the chat. I got your poll right here. Those numbers have shifted since March 5 when the previous poll was taken. At the time, 64% of Americans said they believe Trump had committed crimes before he was elected. The results of the latest Quinnipiac University poll come two weeks after the release of special counsel Robert Mueller's report detailing his nearly two-year investigation into foreign interference in the 2016 presidential election and allegations of obstruction of justice by the president. Mueller did not find clear evidence of criminal conspiracy between Trump's presidential campaign and Russian agents. Isn't that a funny way of wording it? He didn't find clear evidence 
Oh, see, there's different kinds of evidence, you you <laughs> ignorant peasant. There's there's clear evidence and there's not so clear evidence. <laughs> no. No. There's either evidence or there is not. There's no such thing as less clear evidence. If the evidence isn't clear, then it's not evidence. That's generally the way it works. You can't say, well, this kind of looks like evidence. If you look at it at this angle, ah, you see, he shot her from that side of the room. If you if you close one eye, if you put one hand over one eye and kind of squint a little bit, it starts to look like evidence. It's not necessarily the way it works. Muddy evidence. <laughs> And while he identified 10 cases of potential obstruction by the president in his report, he declined to reach a clear decision on whether Trump had obstructed justice because one can only surmise that he's a big pussy. Like, Trump could have committed crimes, but Robert Mueller didn't say that he did. Therefore, it's just an open-ended question. <laughs> I just love the fact that apparently most people in the United States think Trump is a criminal but most people do not want to impeach him. That suggests to me that most people indeed do not think that Trump committed any impeachable offence. And the very fact that most people in the United States don't want to impeach him, I would suggest would be a good enough reason for the Democrats to be holding back like they are, like Nancy Pelosi is, like Chuck Schumer is. In, and not just, you know, the young progressive morons who are screaming, impeach, 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 lock him up! because they don't care because they're not going to lose their job. They're in deep blue districts unless they get primaried by another Democratic Party candidate, which is very possible. Apparently, they want to get rid of Ilan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez as quickly as possible. Get them out of there. They're not good for the establishment. They don't like them. While the special counsel's report left many questions unanswered. What? What? How could the special counsel's report leave many questions unanswered? Are you, say, are you saying two years, $25 million, 2,800 subpoenas, 500 interviews? No, I still don't know. <laughs> I, can, I, can only, I can only suspect then that Robert Mueller mustn't be as good as everyone says he is. If it takes you two years, $25 million, 2,800 subpoenas and 500 interviews to, to get to the end of it and say, well, we haven't really answered any of the questions, then it's like, what the fuck were you doing this whole time, Bob? What were, you, what, were you playing hacky sack in the office? What the hell was going on? Like, were there spot checks? Was somebody checking in on these guys? Were they playing space invaders? What the fuck was happening down there at the office? The special counsel's report left many questions unanswered. Isn't that the, wasn't the whole point of the report to answer the questions? Muller was brilliant, says the guy in the chat. Apparently, Muller was so good, he didn't answer any of the questions. He couldn't find any evidence of collusion. And on the question of obstruction, he couldn't decide either way whether he obstructed or he didn't. Great job, Rob. It doesn't, isn't that just government in a nutshell? Two years, $25 million, 2,800 subpoenas, 500 interviews, and got nothing out of it at the end. Well, everything's still up in the air. We've got no evidence of collusion. I don't know about the obstruction. Uh, William, you'll have to make that call. And we've got so many unanswered questions. <laughs> he, did a, he did a brilliant job, Robert Muller. He's the salt of the earth, Robert Muller. He did a fair He's a wonderful investigator, very talented. 
you have to be incredibly talented to spend that much time and that much money to come up with bubkus at the end of it. Nothing. Voters are still evenly split on whether Trump has committed crime since entering the White House. 46% believe he has, and 46% believe he hasn't. While a significant majority of voters still believe Trump committed a crime before taking office, nearly the same proportion, 66%, believe Congress should not in- initiate impeachment proceedings against Trump. Just 29% of voters said lawmakers should launch an impeachment probe now. Just 29%. I think you'll find that is the hard left. The hard left. Democratic voters clearly have an appetite for impeachment. <laughs> 56% support it, while 38% do not. Just 4% of Republican voters believe Congress should take steps toward impeachment, while 95% oppose it. Tellingly, opposition to impeachment is extremely strong among independents, and that's where the secret is. That's the secret sauce right there. Don't piss off. Golden rule. Don't piss off the swinging voters and the independents 18 months before a big election. Don't try not to do that. Try not to do that. Because you're going to need them. You're going to need those folks. 70% of independents are against impeachment. This is not reading well for the likes of Salon. In the two weeks following the release of Mueller's report, top Democrats have appeared cautious in addressing the question of impeachment proceedings. Well, now you understand why. Now it all makes sense. Ladies and gentlemen, that was... Now you face the Shredder. So William Barr refused to show up today. He was supposed to meet some of his fans in Congress. They wanted to see him. They wanted to ask him questions. They wanted to say, hello, Bill, how are you? Tell us a little bit more about this Mueller report. We've got so many unanswered questions. At the same time, it's also a roadmap for impeachment. The Mueller report simultaneously proves everything that we've said for the last two years and doesn't answer any of the questions we've been asking for the last two years. It's a strange little paradox that's happening here. You know, William Barr was trying to suppress and cover up the Mueller report, and he did this by releasing it in full. You see how this works? Robert Mueller penned a letter to William Barr saying that he didn't appreciate the memo because it didn't encapsulate the full emphasis of the Mueller report. And he wanted Bill Barr to release a further 19 pages of the report to the press instead of just a memo. Bill Barr then went ahead and released the entire 400 plus pages to the press and the rest of the public and the Congress. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is evidence of a cover up. (laughs) (laughs) You remember on the show yesterday, we were talking about it. You know, if anybody legitimately comes up to you and says, Bill Barr tried to cover cover up this report, then they must be stark raving mad because he released the entire report. And then, you know, minutes later, half an hour later, Jolton Joe Scarborough on Twitter, this is evidence of a cover-up. William Barr tried to cover up the report, and I was so happy I nearly fell out of my chair. Joe Scarborough coming through. Coming through. Good old predictable Joe Scarborough. Bombshell, exactly. Hashtag bombshell in the chat. Uh, So this guy, Cohen, he had some antics today. After William Barr didn't show up, they knew he didn't show up. 
So Mr. Cohen uh, had this to say for himself. Joined now by Congressman Steve Cohen, Democrat from Tennessee and a member of the House Judiciary Committee. Congressman, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Nice to be we with you. We are looking at images of you at that committee hearing today with what appears to be a bucket of fried chicken. And oh, there it is. You brought props, I see, with you here. Look at him. <laughs> he looks so proud of himself, doesn't he? This, this is legitimately the funniest thing that this guy has ever done in his entire life. You know what I mean? Like this was his one moment. Look how proud of himself he is. Remember, this guy is on the Judiciary Committee. This is apparently an important man who takes his job very seriously. Look at him. <laughs> He's never been prouder. That image there on the right, that's going to be, you know, memorialized in an, in an oil painting on the wall of his office. It was his finest moment. His finest moment in his, in his career of public service is holding a toy chicken. Yep. <laughs> Let's see what he's got to say for himself. What is the message you're trying to send? The oh, what do you think is it is? Bill Barr is a chicken. Right. He was a chicken to come to the House Judiciary Committee, face the members of the committee, and also face 30 minutes from counsel. Do you reckon this guy has ever... Do you think he's ever in his entire life struck fear into anybody ever? Do you think anybody legitimately, and you know, I'm being a little shallow here, but take a look at him. Do you think anyone has ever been afraid of this man before? Ever? <laughs> like I'm even talking like, you know, teenage years. Do you think he's ever frightened anybody ever in his entire life? I would, I would say no. To me, he appears like the kind of guy who was himself bullied at school. Perhaps he urinated the bed well into his early 20s. And then he decided, you know, he, he was going to exact some kind of retribution on the world that had treated him so harshly. And so he sought a career in government where he can now bully the bullies, where he can put his foot down and say, I'm the boss now. Now you do what I say. The other thing, too, is the fantastic part about this. You've got the media and you've got other people, you know, on Twitter and stuff going, oh, this is so funny. This is so awesome. <laughs> Do you know how lame this looks? <laughs> like, this, this isn't a masterful troll. This isn't somebody getting the better of someone. This is a strange, weird old man holding a toy chicken for a political purpose, for a political message. This is incredibly lame. This this is apparently how he's getting the better of his opponents. Like, oh, sick burn. How's Trump ever going to recover from this? <laughs> he looks he looks ridiculous standing there, a grown man holding a toy chicken. Like, what the hell? Who 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 came up to him and said, "I, you know, I've got the best idea for you, sir, Congressman. This is absolutely going to show him who's boss." I want you to stand there on TV with a dopey look on your face and hold this chicken up to the camera. <laughs> yep. They think they think this is they think this is good optics. They think this is how you get the better of somebody. This. Toy chickens. So this interview is actually missing something. Let's try it this way. Let's let's see how it looks with a little bit of atmosphere. 
I'm joined now by Congressman Steve Cohen, Democrat from Tennessee and a member of the House Judiciary Committee. Congressman, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Nice to be here. We are looking at images of you at that committee hearing today with what appears to be a bucket of fried chicken. And oh, there it is. Oh, sick bird. With you here. What is the message? He got the better of Donald Trump, I tell you. The message is that Bill Barr is a chicken. He was chicken to come to the House Judiciary Committee, face the members of the committee, and also face 30 minutes from counsel. Now it makes sense. That would have been difficult for him to to respond to because he stands on shaky ground. His legal premises are very, very obscure and rare and questionable, and his facts are false. He lies, he tries to defend the president at all costs, and he did not want to go again as he did before the Senate and be exposed as a liar and a fixer and a cover-up for Donald Trump. Congressman, as you know, my day job is over at the White House covering that for NBC News, and I was speaking with some officials there yesterday who say that Democrats are not treating the Attorney General with the respect that they think he deserves. Do you think your chicken prop plays into that? I think the Attorney General deserves no respect. John Mitchell didn't deserve any respect. People who abuse the Constitution, people who flaunt the law. Look at him. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> he put the chicken behind his own name. Wow. Mr. Cohen. Dun, 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 Mr. Cohen with the big chicken, the big cock on Mr. Cohen. Look at that. ...of our Constitution and to help facilitate and hold, hold over, over it. Forget about the Russian interference in our election and if people call... Oh, sick burn. How is William Barr ever going to recover from this? What a genius, ladies and gentlemen. What a political genius Mr. Cohen is. Bravo. Well done, sir. You sure showed him, sir. You're a genius, sir. Bringing in a bucket of chicken and a toy chicken. Wow. Nobody ever thought of that. You, sir, should be president. Congratulations. Well done. Fantastic stuff there from Mr. Cohen. Remember, uh, these people want to take everything. This is a very serious matter running the most powerful country on earth. And these people take, take their jobs very seriously indeed. It's a very, very serious thing to be on the Judiciary Committee. It's a very serious matter. Where is he? There he is. <laughs> there he is. There's the face. It's a very serious job and somebody's got to take it seriously because somebody's got to hold this horrible, horrible president to account. The corruption, ladies and gentlemen, the lying, the collusion, the obstruction. The Mueller report. William Barr. He's a horrible, horrible human being. Somebody's going to take this seriously. And I'm glad Mr. Cohen is there to pick up the slack for democracy. Well done, sir. You certainly proved yourself today. What a fantastic job. Uh, then there's this guy. The question, how to handle an attorney general who you believe committed a crime. Should he just go to isn't jail? true. Should he go to jail for it? There's a process involved here, and as I said, should he go to jail for it? Well, <laughs> the 
the brave Nancy, the brave Nancy Pelosi standing up for what's right. She's not prone to these silly pranks with toy chickens and hot and spicy tender crisp strips. No, Nancy isn't afraid to stand up to these men with power and show them what she's got. Nancy Pelosi will stand up for the American people. Nancy Pelosi will certainly do what's right. Nancy, Nancy, should he go to jail? <laughs> yeah, well, I said, well, uh, well, he should, you know, he should, Robert Muller, was there obstruction? Oh, I don't know. You know, it's tough to say. I, I don't really want to, I don't really want to say if there was obstruction or not, you know. <laughs> William, William, can you take care of it? Can you tell them? I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to go out there. Obstruction is uh, tricky. You, 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 you figure it out, William. You do it. Nancy, William, William Barr lied to Congress. Should he go to jail? Well, uh, he should definitely, uh, and maybe he should do a little. Right. I mean, let's not get crazy here. I'll say it again. And how many questions you may have? 65% of the American public don't want him impeached. <laughs> the committee will act upon um, how we will proceed. That was Pelosi today saying Barr lied to Congress, but avoiding the question about action. Question in the chat. How long do you think Barr will hide out? Well, what's it been so far? 30 hours, maybe? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was literally there yesterday. <laughs> How long do you think William Barr will hide? What well, I mean, well, what what time is it now? Okay, so he was in front of the cameras for six and a half hours about 24 hours ago. So, uh, <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, should he go to jail? Actual jail time. And then there's the provocative take from my next guest, former Clinton Labor Secretary Robert Reich, who wrote before Barr's testimony that one remedy, if Barr does not cooperate with Democrats in Congress, could indeed be <laughs> arresting him and putting him in jail. Robert Reich uh, is joining me now. And thank you so much for being here, Robert. Could you imagine if the Democrats arrested the Attorney General? Could you imagine? Now, I'm not going to say that it's never going to happen because I've said that so much over the last, you know, five, ten years. I mean, who would have thought that people would have been having life and death battles over where people should piss? You know, once upon a time, people said, that's never going to happen. So I'm not prepared anymore to say it's never going to happen because the odds are the crazier it is, the more likely it will. But could you imagine if the Democrats arrested the Attorney General? <laughs> threw him in jail. <laughs> Can you imagine the fallout? That would be next level. I almost want them to do it. I want them to do it. I want to see the footage on TV beamed into every lounge room. After, after discovering, ladies and gentlemen, that there was no collusion after two years, after Robert Mueller couldn't find any clear evidence of obstruction and therefore handed it to William Barr to decide. And William Barr said no after not appearing in front of Congress where a man literally brings a rubber chicken to make a political statement and a bucket of KFC after deciding not to appear in front of that. The Democrats then go out and arrest him, drag him out of his house at six in the morning, cuff him, throw him in jail. 
after all that, do you reckon if do you reckon they would throw the AG in jail? I almost want them to. There was no crime. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. Arrest him anyway. Fuck him. Have a look. Very much appreciate it. You wrote that before Barr testified, obviously, yesterday. Look at it. Dems versus Barr in the Chiron. Stop trying to politicize the Mueller report. This is bipartisan. Dems versus William Barr. Has your view changed at all? Uh, no, Jasmine. He refuses to testify before the House. Now, uh, there is some negotiation going on. Maybe he will testify before the House. Uh, but there is an old precedent uh, in this country under the Constitution of the United States, uh, affirmed by the Supreme Court, that says that the House and the Senate, each chamber, has an inherent power to compel a witness to testify if that witness just refuses. And that includes arrest and in, even includes jail. Uh, and we forget <laughs> that because uh, it's been such a long time. It's been 1935, 34 wow. since that happened. Uh, but it's there. Uh, and the Supreme Court... Wasn't it, wasn't it only a few months ago where one of the Google executives refused to show up to one of these shit shows? Do you remember that? No, I'm not going. To hell with them. Oh, I, I I almost want them to try and arrest the Attorney General. That would be, that would be the end. The Democrats would be done. The election would be over at that point. You could call it. If they go through with it and try to arrest the Attorney General, they, they're finished. Absolutely finished. But it seems to be the push. The corporate press is in lockstep, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? What a, what a fucking surprise that is, huh? Can, yeah, can, can I just say this one thing? Just because this is a conversation that Joyce and I have had. It's a conversation Matt and I have had. Chuck and I haven't had it yet, but I'm sure we will. And Jim Comey's got an op-ed piece in the yeah. New York Times that dropped today on this question. It's been this, we've all been discussing it because people of goodwill across the political and ideological spectrum coming mm. into this all upset about Bill Barr. Well, we got some questions. The, the job application memo is problematic. Some of the things he said in his confirmation testimony is problematic, but ultimately maybe he's going to be an institutionalist. And the question of why, what has turned him into, because today's performance has been of a piece with everything he's done since the Mueller report came in. Everything what? he's done has been pure political hackery. And <laughs> Really? Pure political, what do, you, what do you call the guy bringing a fucking chicken to Congress? What do you call that? That's, that's not even political hackery. That's comedic hackery. That's prop comedy. That's carrot top territory. Mr. Cohen shouldn't be in the House of Representatives. He should be in like a dingy Las Vegas casino, one that's not on the strip. He wouldn't get a gig on the strip. It'd have to be off strip, like three blocks off the strip. You know what I mean? A tiny little room in a tiny little casino that only makes money on the slots at like 3 a.m. Everything else loses money. Oh, William Barr, this was a hack political effort. Mate, one of the Democrats brought a rubber chicken to the house today. A bucket of KFC. What the hell do you call that? <laughs> oh, he got him. The chicken thing. It was a brilliant move. William Barr can never recover. Again, these people are so stupid. They're applauding it like, yeah, that was so funny. That was so edgy. He trolled him so hard. No, no, he didn't. You look pathetic. You look like it's the only funny thing that you've ever tried to do in your entire life. And it <laughs> bombed. Bombed. It wasn't funny. It was sad. We're laughing at you. You know what I mean?
We're laughing at the guy with the chicken. We're not laughing with with him. It wasn't funny at all. It was terrible. <laughs> It'll be forever remembered as the moment the Democrats went right over the edge of the cliff. When confronted with a political situation, they resorted to, again, bringing a rubber chicken and holding it up to the camera. See, I brought a chicken. That means that William Barr's a chicken. I brought the chicken to prove that Barr is a chicken because he's a chicken because he won't come and answer. So I, that's why I brought the chicken. That's why he, it's, can you see the chicken? That's why I got the chicken. So clever. It's so funny. So, so imaginative, isn't it? Filled with lies, filled with misrepresentations. Now I think there are cases we can point to that will be, people will say, are, are perjury, um, uh, that he should be. Uh, there's grounds now for impeachment. Uh, certainly many Democrats calling for resignation. <laughs> All of this- Everybody's, they, why don't we impeach everybody? <laughs> They're just not going to stop until everybody's impeached. The Mueller, the Mueller report, no collusion. Nobody was working together. Doesn't matter. William Barr, Robert Mueller wrote William Barr a letter and William Barr said his summary was not a summary. Impeach him. Lock him up. It's time to get that fat bastard to drag him out by the ankles and throw him in jail. Fuck him. <laughs> Holy shit. And if that doesn't convince you, I know what the I know what'll do the trick. Here's a rubber chicken. <laughs> this has been a consistent. So we've asked the question over and again: What happens to a man? What happens to a person with his reputation? Mm. What does Donald Trump what do happens? to these people's souls? I think it's a really interesting question, and I don't care anymore. <laughs> Did you hear that? Did you hear that? So we're now we're now acting as shaman on MSNBC. This guy is a spiritual healer now. What is Donald Trump doing to these men's souls? <laughs> He's an enchanter. He's a deceptive, satanic, demonic enchanter of souls. He's a soul capturer. He's like the Grim Reaper. Donald Trump is literally the Grim Reaper. <laughs> what is he doing? These men have such a fine reputation until that that big orange demon Trump trod trod all over the democratic norms. What is he doing to these men's souls? <laughs> all of this has been consistent. So we've asked the question over and again, what happens to a man? What happens to a person with his reputation? What does Donald Trump do to these people's souls? Wow. <laughs> Jesus, mate. Incredible. What does Donald Trump do to these men's souls? Let's ask Whoopi, uh, Whoopi Why Goldberg. Why does he feel, and other Republicans in the party at this point, feel that they have to be like, a, as they say, a human shield for a man who lied 10,000 times so far, who has obstructed justice, obviously, has told obstructed. people to lie, has attempted to but obstruct. Why is, but why, why do is, they stick with him is the question. His yeah. entire reputation well, is, is this, at stake. Well, why is this guy doing it when, yeah. in that's, fact, yes. the information is there? Well, that's, that's, that's why I question. didn't understand, because he had a, a very good reputation, William Barr, going uh-huh. into this position. And now, <laughs> I, and I've said it often, you seem to be part of the, uh, the Trump administration and your reputation gets sullied immediately. 
Do you think William Barr is watching The View right now going, how could they say that? How could they say that about me? (laughs) Well, you know, if the ladies on The View think that my reputation has been hurt, well, maybe I really need to reassess. I really need to reassess how I handled this whole thing. I mean, if Joy Behar and the girls think that I've done a terrible job, well, then maybe I need to go back to the drawing board. Just maybe. I can see it now. William Barr watching The View. <gasps> oh, no. no. I'm a good guy, Joy. I'm a good guy. <laughs> you have to be so frustrated if you are Robert Mueller. You are. Because what? how much time has he spent on this investigation? Two years. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. Nearly $26 million. If yep. I'm frustrated as an American that we're still sitting here after all this time and we have question marks as to why we're here still. Uns- it's because you refuse to accept reality. That's why. <laughs> You still have question marks because when reality didn't fit your view of what it should be, you then question reality itself. Instead of adjusting to reality, you want reality to adjust to you. I mean, we're so frustrated. We're sitting here. We've got all of these questions. I don't understand. Why are we still talking about this? Because you literally won't fucking shut up about it. That's why. Because you won't let it go. You won't let it lie. You won't let it die. Yes, good, good comment in the chat. Poor Muller. Poor Robert Muller. Imagine how fr- imagine how frustrated he is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> imagine how poor Robert Muller is feeling right now. He spent all of this time, $26 million. Imagine how he feels. Who's thinking about Muller in this moment? Who has Robert Muller's best interests at heart? I'm I'm frustrated sitting here. Why are we still talking about this? You know what we need to do? We need to impeach Donald Trump anyway. We need to impeach uh, William Barr immediately. Then maybe the world will make sense again. Ah, 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 now we can relax. Now I can finally kick back and, you know, be, be blessed in the knowledge that normalcy has returned to my reality or at least my version of it sure of things he's got to be the most upset and he's the one i want to hear from more so than anybody upset. we can listen to bar so but i think people right already have their feelings yeah. about whatever he says yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Mueller, i still believe is a nonpartisan player in this i think he genuinely <laughs> wants the public to understand yeah. what he found yeah. he basically says listen you are he genuinely wants the public to understand what he found why don't you read the report darling why don't you read? Because that's, you see, he wants the public to understand what he found. How about read the report? Because that is literally what he found right there in that report. You see that big report? Now you're out there pretending like William Barr is trying to do a cover up of a report that you can take two seconds to go online and download and read at your leisure. You can lay in bed and by the, the, by the flickering candlelight, read the Mueller report, read yourself to sleep. Read it to your children. You could do that today. Right now. You can do it right now, today, for free. You can read the Mueller report. Wow. Robert Mueller's got to be so frustrated. He must be feeling incredibly frustrated that, you know, he just wants to get the information out to the people. Why don't you read the fucking report then, babe? It's, it's right there. 
It's right there. No, no, that's not good enough. What we need to do is get Robert Mueller into Congress <laughs> with the rubber chicken. Robert, would you like a nugget? Would you like some fries? Okay, you ready? Now tell us what you tell us what you've been doing for the last two years. Well, the report's right there in front of you. That's what I did. It's right there. No, not good enough. Surely, maybe they think that if they get Robert Mueller in front of Congress, then they'll get the real story. You know what I mean? Like he's got some super secret bombshell information that he just hasn't told anybody yet. <laughs> no, I was wa- I was waiting for the right occasion, preferably with a bucket of chicken. If I can get a bucket of chicken on the desk and I will come down, I will see Congress and then I'm going to give you the real story. See that report there? Nothing. Filler. It's filler. I've got the real goss right here. (laughs) You should just sell it to the National Enquirer or something. Undermining the public's confidence in our investigation. And he's very concerned about that. And I don't understand. Is that considered obstruction? Also. Well, you know, Nixon's attorney general went was to in jail. Went to jail for that. For a behavior that is similar. And I. And I... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Nixon's attorney general went to jail for behavior that is similar. That is the same thing as saying, I have no idea how William Barr and Nixon's attorney general are close, but an attorney general went to jail once. That's good enough. That's good enough for me. I will say this. I am not saying that William Barr lied in front of Congress. <laughs> Lying in front of Congress should is throw him a in jail felony, anyway. and that's a, uh, you know, a five-year uh, penalty. But if he didn't cross that line, he really danced on it. But lied about what? Lied about what, right? It's impossible. It's impossible to cover up, one, no crime, but two, a report that you release to the public. This is this is insanity what we're watching here. William Barr should be thrown in jail. He should be thrown in jail for lying. About what? Do, the, do they even say what he lied about? I think what they're talking about is that Robert Mueller sent him a letter and you know he said that he didn't really know who sent the letter. But apparently it was someone on Robert Mueller's team and he had a phone conversation because Robert Mueller wanted, you know, he wanted, he thought that the memo didn't do a good enough job explaining to the public what was in the report. And William Bard just then released the entire report two weeks later. And so for this, they want to throw William Barr in prison. What the fuck is going on? And they mean it. Look at the look, at the look on Whoopi's face. She means it. She's serious. She has no idea. Yes, yes, he should be thrown in jail. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It is completely and utterly insane. How the hell do you cover up a report that you release at the same time? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like, there, there is no logic here at all. But they just carry on. Remember, we were talking about it yesterday. Informational blitzkrieg. You just keep rolling your tank onward toward the toward the opponent's capital. You just ignore the fire coming back at you. He lied. He obstructed. There was obstruction. He lied about a letter. He, he lied to everybody. Let's impeach him. Let's throw him in jail. Fuck him. Yes. And see, now by the time, you know, by the by the end of the week, 
everybody's going to be expecting him to be thrown in jail, right? Complete madness. He really danced on it, and we're supposed to be... Hey. <laughs> oh, there we are. Wasn't that dramatic? We're back. Now, where the hell were we? <laughs> oh, mate, there was some next level shit going on here. Next level. We were we were frantically going back into you know. Okay, we're back. We're rolling. Oh, there was some next level stuff going on on this end. There was resetting everywhere, left, right, and center. Going into processes, ending processes. Ah, oh, it was fantastic. It was a hundred miles an hour, but we're back and rolling, ready to go once more. Now, where the hell were we? <laughs> Where the hell were we? I don't know, bitching about the Mueller report or something? Probably. Probably. Who else? Who, who isn't? Really? He nearly got away with it. He nearly got rid of me really quickly, really easily. <laughs> Four and a half hour show now. Hold on to your, hold on to your seats, says Dan. Why did the chicken go into the courtroom? No, we did that, didn't we? Surely we did that. Surely we did that. Whoopi's idiocy. Unfortunately, the view. Jail. Oh, yeah. Just throw everyone in jail. Let's just throw everybody in jail. Friends, he can still, Barack can stop Mueller, I'm assuming, yeah. from testifying. Oh, I remember where we were. Because this this answer here, there was a, I was talking about a trend developing. You want to see a trend developing? This is your trend. By the behavior that I'm seeing from Department so, of Justice so, officials. So, um, right. wait, so wait, wait, Barr. Can I have a question? Barr is yeah. Mueller's boss. Hmm. Uh, at this point, yes. In, in a way, so when you yes. ask the question. <laughs> no, not at this point. In a way, yes. No, Barr is Mueller's boss. Actually, he's not. To be fair, to be fair, he's not Mueller's boss anymore because Muller is no longer working for him. You know why? Because he's handed in his report. Now it's time for Robert Muller to get on a plane and go over to Tahiti or something and drink cocktails with little umbrellas in them and relax and enjoy the money that he earned, quote unquote earned, by writing the Muller report. Right? So he no longer works for William Barr. That's it. It's done. But whilst he was there, yes, he was working for the AG. Not sort of, maybe, kind of, no doesn't work that way he was remember we want to get to the facts we want the real news damn it damn it we deserve the truth <laughs> i'm so disappointed in what's happening in the doj right now i just want the truth i want the facts didn't muller work for bar well maybe and that's the trend here it's all the vitriol and none of the conviction think about it all of the hyperbole and none of the conviction. 
It started with Robert Mueller. His job was to find out whether or not there was A, collusion, and two, A, two, A and B, and B, obstruction of justice. On question A, collusion, no collusion. On question B, uh, I don't know, you figure it out. It's like, no, well, no, that wasn't that wasn't the arrangement. That's not why we hired you. You know, that's not why the DOJ put you in charge of this thing. Your, your, it was specifically your job to see if there was enough evidence for obstruction of justice. So when they came to him and said, should we move ahead with, you know, some kind of charge in regards to obstruction of justice? His answer was, well, you know, I don't know. There was some things said and, you know, there was a couple of things here. I don't really, I'm not really sure whether or not it's good enough. Here, William, you figure it out. So William Barr did. And he did his best to, you know, explain to these people sometimes explaining the nuance, most of the time looking so completely and completely bored with the whole situation that he could barely breathe because the whole, the whole you know, extravaganza was sucking the very life out of him because it was so pointless. And so then we get Nancy Pelosi today asked, should William Barr be thrown in jail? Well, what you, well yeah, I just, uh, yeah. I don't want to see. They're all there's all the conviction when they're just in front of a camera doing a press conference. William Barr disgraced the American population today. He has disgraced the DOJ. He lied to Congress. He's done all of these awful things. It's all Donald Trump's fault. It's terrible. He's a criminal. Blah blah blah. And then when asked, should he be thrown in jail? Wow. Yeah. I. What? What? I. I don't. I don't. All of the conviction, all of the rhetoric, and none of the conviction. And then this girl here. Well, I'm really disappointed in the DOJ. What we've come to expect, this should have happened, and this should have happened, and this should have happened. But doesn't Robert Mueller work for uh, William Barr? Well, kind of, sort of, well, maybe. I don't know. All of the rhetoric, none of the conviction. Here's one. Uh, yeah, Sir Cal B, join the, join, join the Discord. I have tweeted out. I'll tweet it out again right now. I'll tweet out another invitation right now if you want to get in. Copy. Okay, if you want to get involved in the Discord. There you go. Get in Discord and tell me why I'm wrong. And then next week when we have the the call line set up, you can call in and tell me why I'm wrong as long as you're in the Discord. So I've just tweeted that out. So if you want to join up, please feel free. So um, speaking of the Discord, the Bearded Truth posted this about five minutes before I went live. California Senate passes bill that would keep Trump off 2020 ballot unless he releases his tax returns. They have gone full stark raving mad. They have gone mad. The state of California, ladies and gentlemen, is now saying, nah, nah, Mr. Trump, nah, Mr. Trump, you need to hand over your financial records, otherwise you can't get on ballot. Nah, Mr. Trump. It's like, who the fuck? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> what the pre- the president's running for re-election, and you're just gonna decide? 
just decide for yourself, nah, we're not going to put his name on the ballot. Fuck him. Like, who the, who the fuck are you? The Senate, the Senate in California? What the fuck is this? <laughs> like, it wouldn't matter anyway, because California is not going to vote for Donald Trump regardless. But what sort of fucking lunacy are we dealing with here? Oh, we're not going to put the president's name on the ballot in a presidential election. Like, how, how mad are these people? Let's arrest the AG and throw him in jail. Let's keep Donald Trump's name off the ballot for the 2020 election. They have gone full stark raving mad. Let's bring a rubber chicken to Congress. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's insanity. Senate on Thursday approved a bill to require candidates appearing on the presidential primary ballot, including President Trump, to release five years worth of income tax returns. The measure was approved in a 27 to 10 vote, according to the Associated Press. California, for the first time, will be one of the first states to hold its presidential primary in the 2020 cycle. The bill is a response to Trump's insistence that he will not release his tax returns as presidential candidates traditionally have done, claiming he is under audit. If the bill becomes law and Trump does not release his returns, he may not appear on the California primary ballot. (laughs) These people are just doing whatever they can to make themselves less popular at this point. That's all I can think of. It is. It is bizarro world. Let's, uh, let's arrest the AG. Let's bring rubber chickens to Congress. Let's keep Donald Trump's name off the ballot. <laughs> I mean, remember the good old days when they used to just only talk about, you know, abolishing the, the Electoral College and everybody thought that was mad. Everybody thought, oh, it'll never get crazier than this. I've come to the realisation, ladies and gentlemen, the sad realisation over the last, this is a very recent revelation for me. It's a very deep philosophical one. This revelation is, I used to believe in something called peak insanity. And, you know, the the general theory of peak insanity is people can only, society can only get to a certain amount of crazy before it naturally will de-escalate. Because as the crazy goes up, so too do the amount of people who aren't willing to get that crazy, Right. So at 50-50, 50% of the society is crazy, but 50% is not. But once it goes to 60% of the society being crazy, it actually reverses because you start converting people from the bottom of the 60%. So right at the top of the 60%, that's your really crazy ones. And then the next level down, they're moderately crazy, and then they get less crazy. But as the crazy meter goes higher, you lose the people at the bottom because they say, wait, I'm not prepared to go along with that much crazy. They then flip to the other side. So once you get over that 50-50, once it gets to 60-40, then 60% become sane and 40% are crazy. Right? And on it goes. Until you've got 10% absolute raving lunatics who then try to start a genocide or something when they get to full maximum. So that's what I was talking about, peak crazy. But I've now come to the realisation that there is no peak crazy. There's no such thing as peak insanity. It's just going to keep going. It's never. It's not going to end until, you know, the world's most powerful country and then all of the satellite countries along with it, including my own, just implode. 
if you're now at the stage of arresting the AG for covering up a report that he literally released to the public, right? There's your first red flag. <clears throat> Let's arrest him because he's covering up something that I'm holding in my hand. Right. And, you know, one of the most powerful states in the union now just refusing, they're just going to refuse to put Donald Trump's name on the ballot. What? You know, he's the president. Right. There, there was other things that we read during the week. A number of states, right, get this, they want to allocate their electoral college votes to whoever wins the popular vote, even if the people in their state vote for the other guy. So just say you're in Indiana and Indiana votes for the Republican candidate. If the Democrat wins the popular vote, meaning all the other states combined, your elected representatives in Indiana want to give the your electoral college votes that you as a voter in Indiana allocated to the Republican to the other person. Just like that. No, fuck, fuck what the people want. Fuck them. <clears throat> No, we're going to vote. We're going to vote alongside the people of Los Angeles and New York. To hell with our people. To hell with the people in our state. If most of the people in the rest of the country vote for the Democrat, then we will switch our vote from the Republicans to the Democrats, regardless of what our people actually voted for. There is no peak insanity. And, you know, the cruel irony here is that they're the ones that say that Donald Donald Trump is destroying the democratic norms of the country. They are tearing the democratic norms of the country to shreds daily, daily, constantly. They now spend their days, their hours and their weeks trying to figure out, trying to discover and unearth new ways to shred the democratic norms of the United States government as long as it means getting rid of Donald Trump. Peak insanity? There's no such thing. Doesn't exist. They'll just keep going. Speaking of peak insanity, it's time for... Lemon tree, very pretty And a lemon flowery sweet But a fruit of the poor Is impossible to eat Lemon tree Let's see what Don's got to say for himself on this week's edition. Joe Biden sure seems to be getting under the president's skin after he... (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, on the back of all this talk, let's arrest the AG. Fuck Donald Trump. Let's take him off the ballot. Let's allocate our votes to the Democrat, regardless of what our people actually voted for. Grabby, grabby Jojo. Remember, uh, Mama, make America moral again. Uncle Joe Biden, the mammogram, ladies and gentlemen, as he's been dubbed by some unknown foreign podcaster. Joe Biden, 2020, the America needs a mammogram. <laughs> now, now he's now he's the guy who's he's the guy who's going to beat Donald Trump. Remember. Remember the weeks and weeks and hours and hours that were spent on Donald Trump saying, grab him by the pussy, right? But when you have actual hours and hours and hours of video evidence of somebody touching 
women inappropriately, that then becomes, well, he's an old man trying to adjust to new social norms. It's, it's affectionate behaviour. It's not abusive behaviour. It's not a power thing. It's not weird or creepy at all. He's just being affectionate because he's an old-fashioned guy, right? Completely reframing the thing because it's Joe Biden. So let's carry on. Let's let's figure out why Donald Trump is terrified of Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen. Launched this campaign with an attack on Trump's claim there were very fine people on both sides in Charlottesville. Biden doubled down again today on The View. I wrote an article at the time in the Atlantic magazine back when Charlottesville happened and saying that, uh, you know, this, this is not who we are. There's an American creed. It's about decency, honor, including everyone, leaving no one behind. But the idea to compare is racist and not <laughs> and, and neo- Did he just say comparing, like, was he essentially saying they're comparing one country to another is racist? Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I guess... I guess all of those uh, immigrants that are doing their best to enter the United States illegally, they must be fucking racist, Joe, because they're comparing the United States to the countries from which they're quote-unquote fleeing and deciding that America is the better place to be regardless of the risk. They must be fucking Nazis, Joe, by that logic. <laughs> you imbecile. <laughs> where's, my, where's my fucking rubber chicken? Where's my rubber chicken? Arrest the AG! Take Donald Trump off the ballot. Throw everyone in jail. Fuck them. No, comparing one country to another is racist. Oh, okay. <laughs> All the refugees then. All the refugees. Ladies and gentlemen, let's have a round of applause for the refugees and the asylum seekers and the illegal immigrants because they're white supremacists just like you. Isn't it wonderful? Come on in, my brothers. White power. Am I right? Yeah. Brown people chanting white power whilst they wave Honduran flags marching over the desert sands of the southern border. Because <laughs> they're racist. They're comparing the United States to the countries they're, they're leaving. They must be Nazis. Joe Biden. And again, people want to accuse Donald Trump of dumbing down the political process for the masses. Give me a fucking break. Nazis and comparing to Nazis. people who- who were genuine Nazis, 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 Nazi, 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 Nazi. Well, Joe Biden, I could just see it now, like on the, you know, if Joe Biden wins the nomination and they'll be doing the debate and they'll be talking about something like tax. And I'll say, Joe Biden, what would you, what's your idea for, uh, you know, tax reform in the United States? And he'll go, well, Donald Trump, Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. Tax reform, Nazi, 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 Nazi. Nazi, Nazi, Billy Bush tape, Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. Immigrant, Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. Did you hear that? He's a, he's a fucking genius debater, this Joe Biden. Joe, what would you do about immigration? Joe, you've been a vocal critic of Donald Trump's immigration reforms over the last few years. How do you propose to fix the crisis at the southern border? Well, the first thing I would do, Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. We need empathy, Nazi, Nazi. 
the asylum seekers, Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. Donald Trump, Nazi, 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 Nazi. <laughs> Nazi, Nazi. Only decent Americans coming forward and saying, stop this. I just, I just it was like, I, I don't remember that ever happening in an administration before. Nazi, Nazi, in Nazi. Long, in well over 100 years. Decency, <laughs> honor. Honor. Including everyone. Yep. We would all like to think that's who we are, mm. but is it really? No. Nah. I want you to. <laughs> well, it's not. I've been watching you, Don, for a number of years, and you keep telling me how fucking racist you all are. <laughs> You're all white supremacists, apparently. <laughs> the president of the United States is racist. We like to think that we're good people, but are we really? Well, not if you listen to Don Lemon. Compare that to what we heard from the president of the United States today, defending one of the worst moments of his presidency. Really? When white supremacists and neo Nazis yep. overran Charlottesville. Nazi, 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 Nazi. <laughs> this fucking Jews footage. Will not replace us. 200, 200 guys with tiki torches. This this is apparently the most important thing that's happened in the last three years. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Here's a little bit of logic 101 for you. If they have to keep referring to the same incident for three years, right? Think about this now. And my Democrat brothers and sisters, comrades, if I may say so, on the left, I want you to think very, very carefully about this, okay? If they need to keep referring to the exact same incident and show the exact same footage for three years, three years, how bad can the problem really be? Shouldn't there be a new Nazi, a new Nazi rally every weekend or every other day? If the neo-Nazis are on the verge of taking over the United States government, why are we still using the same footage from fucking three years ago? Can you explain that to me? Where, where's the new footage? Where are the new Nazi rallies? Where are the next generation of Nazis? Apparently, if you listen to Joe Biden and Don Lemon talk about this, there are Nazis goose-stepping down to the local Safeway right now. If You, you can't even step out your front door without ne- nearly being hit in the head with a brown shirt, right? Nazis Nazis are marching all over the United States. The Nazis are taking over. Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. America is... If Donald Trump wins the next election, America will become a Nazi nation. Did you not see his campaign launch commercial? So where's the new footage? Where are the new rallies? Where are the new protest marches? Where are the Nazis? Where are the Nazis? Where are the Nazis, ladies and gentlemen? Right? Oh, we've got to use the exact same footage from three years ago. Jews will not replace us! And when Heather Heyer... <laughs> Did you see that look on his face when they came back to him? <laughs> he looked really shocked then. Like he hasn't seen that footage 5,000 times. Moments Watch this. of his presidency when white supremacists and neo-Nazis overran Charlottesville. Jews will not replace us! Jews will not replace us! Jews will not replace us! <laughs> <laughs> da 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 See, this is such garbage, too. One of the worst moments of his presidencies when neo-Nazis overran Charlottesville. Again, 200 guys with tiki torches. And, yeah, there was a riot. Yep. And, yes, unfortunately, a young lady died. 
I remember. I'm I'm old. I'm old enough to remember when eight cities in the United States under the presidency of Barack Obama literally burned to the fucking ground due to race riots. Race riots. Charlottesville did not burn to the ground. Antifa threw, you know, gas bombs and balloons filled with urine at guys who were marching around in hockey helmets waving Nazi flags. That's what happened. Oh, the dark day when the Nazis took over Charlottesville. Eight race riots under Barack Obama. Count them. Eight. Fires. Crime. Right? All forgotten. Into the memory hole it goes. But remember the words of Joe Biden. If you compare things, you're a racist. Right? And when Heather Heyer was murdered. that question and if you look at what I said you will see that that question was answered perfectly and I was talking about people that went because they felt very strongly about the monument to Robert E. Lee a great general whether you like it or not he was one of the great generals I've spoken to many yes he was actually and seeing as I'm not an American then I feel like I have no skin in this game and then I can report that indeed, as a non-American, as somebody who is not invested in either the North or the South, that I can say with some level of objectivity that indeed Robert E. Lee was one of the greatest generals who ever lived. And he was actually a general in the Northern Army, believe it or not. And my Democratic brothers and sisters, you'll be pleased to know that he actually left the North to, to command the Army of the South because the North attacked his home state, Virginia. So he actually fought for the South to defend his state from the aggression of the Northern Army. And this is Civil War 101. The Northern Army attacked his home state of Virginia. So he went to fight for his home state of Virginia. I, I There's something that... There's something that pings me when people talk about, why don't you learn more about history? Robert E. Lee, he was a Nazi. <laughs> like They weren't even Nazis alive then. There were no Nazis. <laughs> Let's tear the statue down because he's a Nazi. Many generals here, Nazi, Nazi, right Nazi. at the White House, and many people thought of the generals. They think that he was maybe their favorite general. People were there protesting the taking down of the monument of Robert E. Lee. Everybody knows that. (laughs) I mean, what do you even say to that? What do you even say to that? I mean, we showed the Nazi clip. We showed the clip of the Nazis. doesn't know that okay and we're going to talk much more about this ah, we're going okay. to give you a fact check on that Let's and why it. the president is saying what he's saying make no okay. mistake okay. the president is saying this today because joe biden hit him right where it hurts yesterday what well, by calling him a fucking nazi everyone's been doing that for the last three years don what rock have you been living under mate holy cow 
Joe Biden hit him right where it hurts by calling him a Nazi again, you know, for the 50,000th time. It'll work this time. Joe, you're onto something. You're a genius, Mr. Biden. You are you are a genius, future Mr. President. Nobody's ever thought of calling Donald Trump a Nazi before. What's your plan? What's your plan? Are you going to play that Charlottesville footage? Oh, how does he do it? How did he come up with that? My God, it's inspirational, man. It is inspirational, Mr. Biden. A gut punch to the gut dark punch. underbelly of racism this president has both stoked. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> Joe Biden, by mentioning the word Nazi, according to Don Lemon, delivered a gut punch to the dark underbelly of racism that this president has stoked. Right. Right where it hurts yesterday, with a gut punch to the dark underbelly of racism this president has both stoked and defended right. and that he traffics in. Traffics so now in. today, this is Donald Trump's story. All of a sudden, just remember, he's never used that defense before. Bullshit. He said, he said that line. That's, <laughs> that's exactly the line he said. Oh, fuck it off. Do we have to? Do we have to do this? Okay, we're going to have to do this, Don. Sorry, Donny boy. Sorry, Fon. Sorry, Don. Well, I think the driver of the car is a disgrace to himself, his family, and this country. And that is, you can call it terrorism. You can call it murder. You can call it whatever you want. I would just call it as the fastest one to come up with a good verdict. That's what I'd call it. Because there is a question. Is it murder? Is it terrorism? And then you get into legal semantics. The driver of the car is a murderer. And what he did was a horrible, horrible, inexcusable thing. Okay, what about the alt-left that came charging at me? Excuse me. What about the alt-left that came charging at the, as you say, the alt-right? Do they have any semblance of guilt? Let me ask you this. What about the fact that came charging, that they came charging with clubs in their hands, swinging clubs? Do they have any problem? I think they do. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that was a horrible, horrible day. Wait a minute. I'm not finished. I'm not finished, fake news. That was a horrible day. I will tell you something. I watched those very closely, much more closely than you people watched it. And you have, uh, you, you had a group on one side that was bad, and you had a group on the other side that was also very violent. And nobody wants to say that, but I'll say it right now. And what I'm saying is this, you had a group on one side and you had a group on the other, and they came at each other with clubs, and it was vicious, and it was horrible, and it was a horrible thing to watch. But there is another side. There was a group on this side, you can call them the left, you've just called them the left, that came violently attacking the other group. So you can say what you want, but that's the way it is. Yep. Q, follow Q in the chat said it best. Yep. Sounds like a Nazi to me. <laughs> sounds, like a, sounds like something a Nazi would say. Am I right? Why not? Because it's not the truth. Okay. He's lying. Revisionist right. history. Yep. Donald Trump says the question was answered perfectly. Mm -hmm. Of course he does. He says many generals come to the White House and tell him Robert E. Lee is their favorite. Okay, tell us which ones. Come on the program. I'd like to hear generals tell that to the American people. Obviously, obviously a man who's never, 
even bothered to learn anything about military strategy at all. And you don't even have to be an expert to un- to know that Robert E. Lee was actually a genius military strategist and a great general, right? He was undermanned and um, under-resourced and he, he nearly fucking won, right? <clears throat> and again... The reality of the situation that Robert E. Lee was actually in the North and left to defend his home state of Virginia in the South because of the aggression from the North attacking his home state. He went back to fight for his home state. That Robert E. Lee was their favorite. Okay, maybe these generals exist and maybe that's what they say. Or maybe those generals maybe, hang maybe, out maybe. with those FBI officials that Sarah Sanders told the American people were thrilled the president fired Comey. Only the to the special- <laughs> now that's a that's a segue. That was one hell of a segue. Look, maybe those generals exist, and maybe they do really like Robert E. Lee, and maybe they're friends with people in the FBI who were maybe hanging out with Sarah Sanders, who said that they were happy that Jim F- Comey got fired. That's like that's like five degrees of bacon right there. Council. That they were all made up, that it was made up. Uh, Here's the thing. He made it all up. The president would like to distract you from the fact that white supremacists Uh and neo-Nazis openly paraded their hate on the streets of Charlottesville. (laughs) How's it even possible to be distracted from it? It's the only footage you've fucking played for three years, Don. It's the only footage you ever play. It's on every night. Joe Biden made it part of his campaign launch video. He's just trying to distract you from the Nazis. No, it's impossible to be distracted from the Nazis because if we listen to you, there are Nazis everywhere. Everywhere. There are Nazis under there are Nazis under your tea cozy right now, ladies and gentlemen. There is a Nazi under your bed right now. He's trying to distract you from the Nazis, the very same Nazis that we've been showing the thirty second clip of every day ad nauseum for the past two and a half years. The very the very same Nazis that Joe Biden himself put in his campaign launch video. He's trying to distract you. Against the about, he's trying to make it make the Nazis go away. <laughs> Have you ever heard such garbage in your entire life? And again, he said, "Oh, the do-, he said President Trump was lying." But then they don't play the clip. They don't bother playing the clip of President Trump apparently lying. No, nah, no, nah, I'm not playing that. I'm not playing that racist again. <laughs> Nazis everywhere. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. And Donald Trump is trying to distract you from them. Another way of saying that, it would be here at CNN, we are trying to get you to focus on them. Considering that we mention the Nazis whenever we possibly can, and we show the exact same footage of the Nazis whenever we possibly can, and the guy that the corporate media is in the tank for to become president in 2020 literally put the fucking video in his campaign launch. And he mentions the Nazis whenever he possibly can. Donald Trump is trying to distract us away from the Nazis, perhaps. Perhaps. Or maybe yourself and your comrades want people to talk about nothing else except the Nazis. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, that was... 
another one for you here. A little bit of politics down under, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, no, let's let's do this instead. Let's do this instead. I was lucky enough to catch a little bit of an anti-ice rally at Elizabeth Carruthers Park the other day on Periscope. Let's see what happens in an anti-ice rally. Not much at this stage by the looks of it. How about some volume? That'd be nice. We can get some volume here. No, nope, doesn't look like it. How about... There we go. cops <laughs> you can tell that the anti-ice resistance movement is strong ladies and gentlemen you know that grassroots movement that everybody's talking about you know the the heroes chris cuomo called them heroes joe biden in his uh campaign launch video referred to antifa and you know people standing up to fascists and nazis as true american heroes right you can tell it's a real grassroots movement and it's a real coming together and it's a real threat to, you know, the, the white supremacist in the White House when you have to roll out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bike cops. <laughs> seven bike cops in a field somewhere. <laughs> yep. It was a big, it was a big resistance movement rally. They literally had seven coppers on push bikes down there. You should have seen it. It was chaos. Look at them all. <coughs> Look at the resistance. Oh, my. Oh, my dear. Oh, dear. Look at all of these resistors, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't it a sight? See, the first mistake this guy's making is thinking that he can go in and just talk to people because then the muscle moves in. The muscle is amply padded around the midsection, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be pleased to know, by the guys wearing the black ski masks. (laughs) 
you just need to get out of here. Look at the the fat guy patting him on the shoulder. And they have to follow him over. You can tell by looking at these kids. You can tell by looking at them that they are LARPing revolutionaries right now. These are not revolutionaries. These kids are pretending to be revolutionaries. And it's always the upper middle class rich white kids, the students who get in who who want to dress up like they're some sort of fucking revolutionary guard. Right? Overthrowing the government. You aren't overthrowing shit. These are weak and pathetic children. That's what they are. Look at them. I mean, you've got the kid. He's got big, bold frame glasses on, right? Like, look at this kid. This kid's got, like, the Beatles haircut. He's severely overweight. They're not in peak fighting condition. They're not revolution. They wouldn't be sitting in a trench shooting guns. It's sad. I feel sorry for him. It's like one day, one day you're going to look back on this and think, God, I was an idiot. God, that was so stupid. They're all white. They're all white kids. They're all white kids and they're all actors. No, not crisis actors. Kids pretending to be revolutionaries, going out and playing. It's it's the it's the semi-adult equivalent of cowboys and Indians, right? See, now you can't play cowboys and Indians because that would be racist. So what you do, you play revolutionaries versus fascists, and they're the revolutionaries. They get dressed up in their little costume. They meet their friends down the road at the hamburger shop, and then they go off to their rally to stand off against the fascists. The fascists, by the way, being the seven. Count them seven. Here they are. The seven cops on push bikes. These are the fascists, right? This is this is the evil police state that they're trying to overthrow. The seven cops on push bikes. So they get dressed up in their little uniform that mum washed for them the night before. They meet up at the hamburger shop or the yogurt shop or the milkshake bar. And then they go down to their little rally with the perfectly pristine mowed lawn. Remember, these are anarchists. <laughs> Look at the town they're living in. Look how clean and nice and quiet their town is. These people that crave chaos, that want to overthrow the government, that want to intimidate and, you know, push their way. They want to beat back the fascists. They want to take a baton to the fascist face. They want to bash the fash. Look how lovely and nice and green and upper middle class this area is. And all of the kids wearing the black masks are, you know, young, upper middle class, probably the sons of public servants or the daughters of doctors. These aren't kids from the wrong side of the tracks. These are the privileged. These are the privileged children. Just look around. Again, they're all white, all of them. They've got their little university hoodies on. They've got the expensive clothes, the handbags. These are not revolutionaries. These are children. Children playing dress-up games. 
So look what happens when look what happens when this guy tries to talk to one of them. He gets chased away by the obese revolutionary who wouldn't fit in a trench, let alone fight for one. See, look, they've got to stand up right there. The point is, man, is that who's oppressing our freedom? I mean, look at this kid on the right here. She's wearing ski. She's wearing ski goggles around her neck. Like, what the fuck? Where is the snow? Show me where the snow is. Where are you skiing today? What the fuck's wrong with you? What, what do you think? What do you think ski goggles are going to do? Do you think the coppers on the push bikes are going to launch tear gas at you? What the fuck? What planet are you living on? What planet are you living on? We need to arm up. We need to defend ourselves against the fascist police. What, the seven guys in the freshly mowed reserve, in the freshly mowed park on push bikes? Really? Where are the tanks? Where is the militia? Where is the police state? Where's the authoritarian? Well, I better take my, uh, they look brand new. I better take my brand new ski goggles down to the rally just in case I get tear gassed by the fash. <laughs> hey, do you want to, do you want to meet up at um, Burger King after this? Yeah. Def. Faux shizzle. You guys are the master of the trying to bring in noise making devices. The fact that he's coming up to you with a helicopter because he knows about my message. My message about freedom God, that is it. Most people would agree with it. But you guys, you for communists, it's hard to sell that. Well, listen, you say racist, racist, racist. Racist, racist, racist. Bunch of rich white kids who think they're communists. Makes you sick. I've actually known a few communists, a few real communists in my time. You know what real communists think? Real communists hate the rich white kids. Can't stand them. The real communists that I've known come from really, really poor areas. And the real communists I've known will tell you to your face that they don't like immigrants, they don't like gay people, and they love guns. That's what real communists say. Real communists wouldn't be caught dead sitting on a bus next to privileged white children with expensive purses and ski goggles around their neck because the real communists would kick the shit out of them for their lunch money. And then they would say to them, hey, why don't you go and get your dad to buy your, buy your fucking lunch for you? I need it more than you. Real communists do not like stuck-up rich white kids who pretend to be revolutionaries. They hate them. Passion and with love and with support, we're going to be able to continue to grow the movement. We're going to be able to create spaces that are welcoming to youth and to high schoolers and to young adults and be able to draw more into this movement and you know we're on the heels of the next election things are starting to heat
we're going to draw people into the next we're going to draw people into this movement look at the guy standing behind her here he's got the balaclava around the bottom half of his face he is literally in his 60s he is going bald <laughs> he has he's an old old white man standing there dressed like a fucking teenager in the 60s get a grip mate look at you you're old enough to be these kids grandfather look at him look at him here but this guy he probably drove the bus. He probably drove the bus there. He went around and picked up the kids in the morning and he dropped them off and then he whacked on his, you know, militia outfit, his paramilitary outfit, his provo outfit. Get out there and mix it up with the commies. Live and live in life. Party like it's 1963. <laughs> Calendar chat. No, he is the parking attendant. <laughs> so as you can see, there was very little going on. Let's go to the street art because these these kids are incredibly creative. God bless them. Ah, uh, this is. You know how we're gonna. You know how we're gonna defeat the fash by scribbling things in chalk on the sidewalk. That way, every time somebody walks through this park, they'll know that we aren't fascists. Man, this this chalk message is going to blow so many minds. This chalk message is going to convert a few bigots, I tell you what. Man. I'd like to see somebody stand up to my fucking licks on this on this sidewalk here. <laughs> you know, you know who does you know who does um you know who scribbles things in chalk on the floor? Babies. Babies do that. Toddlers do that. You are a fully grown toddler, comrade. Do you think do you think real communists get on their hands and knees and scribble things like bash the fash anarchy now in chalk on the sidewalk? Where's where's the where's the okay, if you want to be a, if you want to be a communist, if you want to be an activist, if you want to overthrow the government, where's the fucking spray paint, you pussy? Why are you using chalk? I guess you didn't want to break the rules, right? <laughs> you fucking anarchists that didn't want to break the rules. Why not why not get the spray paint out? Show the man who you are. Don't be afraid of the fash. Stand up to the fash. Stand up to the police state. Get out a can of black spray paint and write fuck fascism on the sidewalk with your paint. Actually, even better, go up to the police building and spray it on the window. You hate the police so much. You hate the fascists so much. You're such a resistor. You're such a comrade. You're such a revolutionary. You're so brave. You're going to kick the shit out of the fascists. Go up to the police station and take out the black spray paint and spray on their window. Why don't you do that? No, no. You need to get rainbow-coloured chalk, get on your hands and knees on the sidewalk like a toddler would and scribble incoherent nonsense on the floor. This will show the fash. We're standing up to the power. Fight the power.
Fight the power. Check it out, guys. I wrote communism in chalk on the sidewalk. I'm fighting the fascists. Now, now, comrades, make sure you pick up all of your, your potato chip packets before you leave because I don't want to fine you for littering. Yes, sir. Okay, sir. Isn't little Johnny so creative? He'll be spelling his name by this time next week. You know, I really didn't like the fact that little Johnny used to ride in chalk all over the driveway, but I didn't want to stifle his creativity, you know? He's such a free spirit. <laughs> He's not afraid. He, he, he has a very low regard for authority. And when he was growing up, I just, I saw this spark in him, like this beautiful spark. And I wanted to nurture that. So I, you know, for his fifth birthday, I'll admit it. I bought him a packet of colored chalk. And I said, Johnny, when you feel that fire burning inside you, that creative fire, that creative flame, well, me as your caregiver, I don't want to, I don't want to see that extinguished. I want, I want to nurture that. I want that to grow into something. <laughs> Driving Ivan on YouTube. Thanks for joining us. Says, I want to see the janitor spray that chalk off with water this afternoon. Yeah, just one guy. So <laughs> there'll be 50 revolutionaries riding in little, drawing little chalk figurines on the sidewalk. And then one guy will come along with like a pump, a pump spray bottle and just like... <laughs> and the revolu- it'll be like the revolution never happened. It'll be, to them, it'll be akin to, you know, ISIS blowing up monuments in the Middle East. But the the communists will go down there the next day and go, oh, the fascists took down our freedom wall, you know. The fascists took away our art. They're so afraid of us. They they had people standing by, guys. They're afraid of our message. (laughs) They're trying to entrench their power. We got them. They were so afraid of our message, they had to clean it up on the same day. Yeah. Oh, not the pink chalk. Oh, the pink, the pink chalk will definitely show the fascists who's boss. I mean, I can just, I, I can see a neo-Nazi copper fascist pig walking down that sidewalk right now. I go, well, I've, I've been looking at this all wrong. I mean, I mean, look, it says communism in pretty pink chalk. This is very intimidating. How sad. This is what passes for revolutionary these days. If this is your idea of a revolution, you know you've got things going for you really fucking well in your hometown. You know, you know the garbage always get picks, picks, uh, picked up on time. You know the school is always kept clean. You know there's very little like drug use in the streets. There's no prostitution. All of the parents live in that like upper middle class lifestyle. Everybody's got a two story house. The bus is never late, right? 
everything just runs nice and easy and efficiently. The, the, the park that they were just in is freshly mowed. It's well kept. The city takes care of itself. And if your idea of a revolution is writing little things in chalk on the sidewalk, there is no revolution, comrade. You are not part of the revolution. You are not going to overthrow the government. You are a child who is playing an imaginary game in real life. And you're embarrassing yourself. Street artists, ladies and gentlemen, showing the fash how it's done. Let's go to the march, shall we? There's a march. I can't believe there's a march. Ice equals Gestapo. I wish we had got the chalk the chalk artist to uh, write this banner on what looks to be half of a bedsheet uh, because they would have at least made it more colourful and more appealing to the eye, I think. They used to have far catchier chants, didn't they? What's this? Abolish ice, abolish ice, abolish ice, abolish ice. Where's the catchy stuff? Remember the good old days where it was like, what was it? No Trump. No wall. No USA at all. No Trump. No wall. No USA at all. Huh. That at least has got a bit of rhythm. It's got a bit of zip. People walking across the other side of the street might end up might inadvertently start tapping their toe to that shit. That's how you that's it. That's the only way you're going to bring people in. You've at least got to have an appealing chant that somebody can whistle on their way home, you know? <laughs> Because I don't think the chalk designs are going to be convincing anybody anytime soon, especially if it rains on the same day. They're so stupid, they don't realise that they're saying no fascist USA. If there actually was fascism, they'd all be on the ground with bleeding skulls by now. See, the insanity of their ramblings and their ideas, their ideas are so detached from reality that their own actions prove their theories incorrect. If they were genuinely living in a fascist state, they wouldn't be doing this. And they are too stupid to understand that. And that's why I I tend to feel sorry for them rather than, I don't get angry at these kids. Like if I saw, I I would probably march along with them just for fun, just for kicks, for material. I wouldn't get angry at them. I wouldn't try and like, I wouldn't try to convince them that they're not really communists and they don't really know what they talk about. I I would pretend like I agree with them just for fun. And then I go, all right, good luck with the revolution, guys. I'm going to go get a beer. See you later.
Anyone here, 21? Anyone want to join me? Ah, sorry. Is your dad going to pick you up? Where's he picking you up from? Down the road? Okay. What time is your little rally finishing? About five? Okay. Have fun, guys. Have fun, kids. See you next time we want to bash the fash, right? (laughs) If there was legitimate fascism in the United States, none of them would be there. The very fact that they can get out there and draw their little characters on the sidewalk in chalk and march with their poorly made signs and their poorly thought out chants, chanting about, you know, the need to oppose fascism in of itself proves that there is no fascism in the United States. Some may argue a little bit of light fascism is just what these kids need. (laughs) Perhaps. (laughs) Maybe they need an ass kicking from time to time. Maybe maybe they need a you know a little meet and greet with some actual real life fascists to show them what you know what fascism actually is instead of what they imagine it to be. Who know? Maybe they like it. Maybe they'll like it. Maybe they've never been introduced to a fascist before. I don't know. <laughs> they seem to be convinced by just about anything. sing along to that one that's a good one all right <laughs> have you seen enough have you seen enough uh revolution so far all right here's one for you uh all the way from australia if you think your politics are bad if you think your politics are getting on the bottom end of the scale ladies and gentlemen remember all the people who got really upset that donald trump talked about grabbing a pussy well check out this australian politician from the great state of queensland It's less than three weeks till election day, but one senior politician has given his leader a huge headache by being filmed in a strip club. The secret video shows the happily married politician groping dancers and asking them to (laughs) come home with him. It's a bad look and very bad judgment from a man who campaigns on family values. This is uncomfortable to watch. Well, strippers have families. I mean, you know. We've blurred the worst vision. And usually, usually like three kids to three different fathers, to be fair. <laughs> bleep the worst language. Just a reminder, this guy was running for parliament in, a, in the upcoming election, which is less than three weeks away. Yeah, I think I need to do that. 
It's the striptease that will stop a nation and shred this married politician's credibility at the worst possible time. G'day, Steve Dixon here. Steve Dixon is Pauline <laughs> Hanson's right-hand man. Last Stevie, month, you he was embroiled dog. in controversy after being secretly filmed by international media organisation Al Jazeera, seeking donations from powerful gun lobby groups in the US. Woo! USA! USA! <laughs> He survived that scandal with Senator Hanson providing this ringing endorsement. I have worked closely with this man for at least two and a half years. I know his family and I have stayed at his home. He is a friend. And so Steve Dixon was back on the campaign trail trying to secure a seat in the Senate at the upcoming election. One nation is surging ahead in the polls. But it's a different kind of... Why would he do... Why would you do that shot? Look, somebody spray-painted... Now, see, some actual real communist has spray-painted... Actually spray-painted. No chalk on that sign. But somebody's actually spray-painted racists across the back of that. Why would you do the shot in front of that? <laughs> see, see, getting filmed in a strip club, groping a stripper, is not the dumbest thing that's happening here. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with people? Why didn't the cameraman say, hey, do you, maybe we should stand in front of a tree or something? No, let's stand in front of the banner that somebody has vandalized and put racists over the top of my face. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like everybody's a fucking idiot now. Everyone. The polls. But it's a different kind of poll that has derailed Steve Dixon yet again. One Nation's campaign slogan is, we've got the guts to say what you're thinking. But after this latest scandal, some of its leaders should probably do a lot more thinking before saying anything. Strip joints here. This hidden camera footage was filmed by Al Jazeera during their investigation into the American gun lobby. This is the first time it's been broadcast. The video was leaked to a current affair and captures Steve Dixon on a wild night out in a Washington strip club. Yeah, I think he has been voted in before. Yeah, he has, yeah. Being filmed by Roger Muller, a fake gun lobbyist employed by Al Jazeera as part of their sting. You haven't been to one of these since you're in the Philippines? No. Seriously. But we should go It's actually better because they dance on top of the bars and then take up You can see Dixon's unmistakable gold ring that he wears regularly. You know the good news is? Yeah. We're getting the seat city and um, it's all good. Even if we drink scotch and eat burgers, I'm good. But Steve Dixon will do much more than that, and he knows he shouldn't even be here. So you couldn't do this in Australia? Uh, probably not a good idea. There's a reason to come to DC. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, it's not why I came here, but probably a bonus. Uh, it's, mate, it's not why I came here, but it's a bonus. I mean, he is an Australian, right? <laughs> well, I'll get drunk and look at some tits. Why not? <laughs> Mate, aren't you, aren't you a politician running for? Aren't you running for a federal seat? Yeah, but hey, you only live once. Get some Scotch burgers and some dollar notes over here. <laughs> I'm out having fun, baby. 
He's quick to cast an eye over all of the women working in the club. Little tits. <laughs> See, there's something that people are saying, what a fool and stuff. Yeah, but, you know, he's at a strip club. See, what pissed me off about this? See, if he he's a fool because he's trying to run for parliament, right? He's trying to run to get elected. And it's just obvious, like, eh, okay. It's, it's you, you obviously have to resign now, and he has resigned. But um, the thing that pissed me off about this story is all the people who came out and said, oh, he, he was saying inappropriate things. And I'm like, what do you mean saying inappropriate things? And they're like, oh, you should have heard what he was saying about these women. And I'm like, he's in a strip club. Like, what? what's appropriate in a strip club? How do, how do men generally approach conversation in a strip club? Good evening, darling. <laughs> May I take a may I take a little bo peep under your brazier, my love? <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, I say the calves on that lass will surely get me up to work me up to a sweat lickety split. Good evening, young maiden. Might one bring me a beverage? <laughs> oh, he was saying inappropriate things. Yeah, I guess he. I guess he should have been more of a gentleman when the tattooed women were shaking their, you know, their lady bits in his face, right? Enough, man. Well, I feel for it. Now that young lady's got a wonderful set of kahunas. Uh, and soon enough, this former state government minister is going a lot further than just looking. We'll keep a count on just how many times Steve Dixon gropes this exotic dancer over the course of the night. But soon, he's asking... Sir Cal in the chat. I usually say, hello, you're looking grand today, my love. <laughs> ...for something back in return. The dollar bills now start going below the table and don't return. Lickety split might not be great. Once the woman gets up to leave, <laughs> Steve Dixon fills his drinking buddy in on what they've been talking about. Uh, I'm going to give her my address. Has she offered you um, No, she said she'd come out When pushed further, he says he's already propositioned the woman for more than just dancing. She's keen. Thing. I, I, I See, the, the reason I'm playing this, I want you to contrast this to the Billy Bush tape. You remember? They still talk about the Billy Bush tape as if he's like a sexual abuser of women, Donald Trump. They still say, oh, he said grab him by the pussy when he was having a conversation. Could you imagine if something like this happened over there? Could you just imagine? But in Australia, like, sure, most people are like, well, he's got to step down. A large chunk of people are, like, outraged. But there's also a large chunk of people like, hey, he didn't do nothing wrong. You know? <laughs> who, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I'd still vote for him, you know. <laughs> it's just a totally different culture here. <laughs> people don't get it. His respect for any of these women is clearly lacking. Well, again, to be fair, he is in a Washington, D.C. strip club. Like, we're not talking like the high price, you know, we're not talking the top line New York establishments here. You know, we're not talking like the, the ones that the stars go to in Hollywood. 
He's in a he's in a DC strip club, right? You're right. <laughs> you know, so I think a little bit of leeway there is okay. I think that's acceptable, culturally acceptable. And comparisons to his home state of Queensland are never far away. I love that he's comparing the women in this strip club to women that he would see at home in Australia. See, a patriot right to the bitter end. Right to the bitter end. <laughs> yeah, she's good. She's not as she's not as good as the girls back home, no. But once the woman he's been chatting up starts to dance on the main stage, this married politician can't help himself. Welcome, Ginger. I need to do this. The 56-year-old heads over to the podium for a front row spot, placing money in her underwear, not once, not... Sin-soaked. Rule number one, never ever tip a stripper. Twice, <laughs> but three times. I can tell you a little personal anecdote here. I was at a bar once with a couple of friends and they had the lingerie waitresses going around serving drinks. And... So we were there for a couple of hours beforehand. We didn't know that this was going to happen. I think I was like 18, 19. So I was a young pup, a young rooster. And one of our friends who was who was a funny guy, a legitimately funny guy, he walks in with a big uh, big jar full of jelly beans. Huge, like huge. There had to be 200 jelly beans in this thing. And he walks up to the table that we're all at and he plonks this jar down in the middle of the table. And we're all kind of looking at him funny. He didn't say anything. He goes up, he gets a round of drinks, brings them back, and the, the jar of jelly beans is sitting there. <laughs> and eventually, like one of us said, mate, what's with the jelly beans? And he's like, oh, do you want one? Like, yeah, okay. But what'd you bring jelly beans for? Next thing you know, the lingerie waitress comes over, wants to take our order. So, you know, you, what generally happens is you put the money on her plate and then when she goes, brings the drink and comes back, you leave whatever money is left over, like the change, as a tip, right? So this this waitress, this girl goes over, gets the drinks, comes back. He scoops up all the money off the tray, opens the jar of jelly beans, and he goes, do you want one? <laughs> and we've looked at him like, oh. and she's like, oh, yeah, I want a red one. And I think there was like, there was three girls working in the pub that night. All night, all three of them were hanging around our table eating jelly beans. They kept coming back for jelly beans. He's an absolute genius. Because <laughs> they were so, they were so, uh, you know, taken aback and they thought it was so funny and they just wanted a jelly bean. So they ended up standing around talking, eating jelly beans, leaving other tables to go dry. Other guys were like sticking their hands up near going, hey, can we get a drink? Yeah, in a second, in a second. Just wait a minute, don't be impatient. So yeah, I, I just always love the yellow jelly beans more than the green ones. I don't really like the green ones. Oh, can I have a red one? Oh, how many do you have? Give me one. <laughs> so there you go. <clears throat> Tipping, yeah, well played indeed. Tipping lingerie waitresses with jelly beans. An absolute genius. Back at the booth, and Steve Dixon is now throwing those dollar bills around like confetti. 
groping and grabbing this woman's breasts as much as he can. All up, he does this 12 times before she confirms what else he's been saying. He's so demanding. He's like, you haven't touched my More money goes below the table, much of it too graphic for us to show. I have a new On their own. They'll say anything to you, won't they, to get that dollar bill? I like how you know this song and you're trying to sing it. Tip. <laughs> Steve Dixon starts to yell at women on the taxi ride home. Australia. Australia. I didn't know this. Apparently, when you're in the United States, all you've got to do to get laid is stick your head out of a moving car and yell Australia when you're in a drunken state. I didn't know that, apparently. Booking my ticket this afternoon. Australia! Australia! <laughs> See, he doesn't say, you know, how you how you doing good looking. He just yells out, Australia! He thinks they'll come running into the car. Hey, you look beautiful. Stunning. He believes that One Nation Chief of Staff James Ashby, who was also on the trip to Washington but didn't attend the strip club, will be amused at this night on the town. All right. There you go. Politics in Australia, ladies and gentlemen. If you thought grabbing pussy was bad, you ain't seen nothing yet. Here we go. Just got a couple of articles to go through here before we get to your contributions on the Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for joining us. You are listening to The Boogie Bumper, by the way. The Daily Boogie free-for-all. Made a boob. Wiz Air branded sexist over scantily clad woman on plane safety card. Twitter user Laura Watkin called the airline out, calling uh, this, this trend of calling people out. I'm calling you out. Called the airline out on social media after spotting the drawings. A Wiz Air passenger has accused the airline of sexism because of the illustrations on their plane safety cards. The drawings feature a woman going through the safety procedures in a very tight, short dress. Oh my God, shock horror! How awful! How aw Look at this sexism, ladies and gentlemen. Do you, are you trying to tell me that the cartoon depiction of a woman on the safety card in the airline is wearing a dress that's a little too tight? Holy cow, everything is sexist. <laughs> Twitter user Laura Watkin wrote, Really, Wiz Air? Surely the bare legs would result in serious chafing on the emergency slide. In the images, the woman is spotted putting her life jacket on, opening the emergency door and leaving the plane, all while sporting a short, uh, tight-fitting dress. Yeah, because women never wear tight dresses anymore. And if they do, that's sexism. Another Twitter user replied, Good grief! Good, gr oh, good grief! How dare you, sir! Keep your eyes to where I can see them, sir! To please try to control yourself, you pig! <laughs> Stop the presses. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ooh. Everybody faints. When 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 did the West turn 
it's funny, isn't it? Like, once upon a time, feminists would burn bras. And now feminists complain about safety cards on planes where cartoons are wearing dresses that are a little bit too tight. Haven't we come full circle? Sometimes you've got to take a step back and look at what's actually happening in the world. It's like everything that can be liberated has been liberated, and now now we're onto safety card sexism. Cartoon depictions of women are sexist, right? I made the point on the Discord, you could probably watch something akin to an R-rated movie on the in-flight movie service, but the card is sexist. You know what I mean? Laura isn't the first to notice the woman's inappropriate attire. Inappropriate. Inappropriate for what? They never say what it's inappropriate for. Is it inappropriate for... How is it? It's not even attire. It's a drawing. Laura isn't the first to notice the woman's inappropriate attire. One, it's not a woman. It's a drawing of a woman. Two, it's not attire. It's a drawing. (laughs) There is not a woman wearing a tight dress. There is a drawing of a woman wearing a tight dress. (laughs) Same thing now. Same thing. Who cares? Same thing. Doesn't matter. Laura isn't the first to notice the woman's inappropriate attire with another passenger calling out the sexism. The sexism. Why does Wiz Air feel the need to draw cleavage on this safety guy? I don't think this person knows what cleavage is. Can you see cleavage here? Where is the cleavage? I feel sorry for this young man. Oh, oh, Jim. (laughs) If that was your son and he saw a woman walking away from him and go, hey, dad, check out the cleavage. It's like, we need to have a talk. It was my mistake. I shouldn't have left it all up to sexual education classes in school. Son, we need to sit down and talk about the birds and the bees. Dad, Dad, I can see that woman's cleavage. No, you can't. No, you cannot. (laughs) (laughs) There's no cleavage there. (laughs) Fucking hell. Doesn't matter. Who cares about reality? What's the difference? Uh... Passenger Antonio tweeted this uh, earlier this year. Still on Wiz Air, what's with the safety leaflets? The hostess portrayed here is a very sexy one. I'd say too sexy. Wow. The woman depicted on the safety card is too sexy. This is when you know that you have no real problems in life. This is how you know that uh, liberation is no longer an issue and that sexism is essentially dead. When women drawn on safety cards are too sexy and showing cleavage where there is none, you know you've got a problem on your your society's hands. We need something else to occupy our time. Maybe we need to just hand everybody a Rubik's Cube. Will that do? And say, here, finish this. When you, when you get through with the Rubik's Cube, then you can complain about sexism. I see side boob. Yeah, side boob. Side boob is not cleavage, though. So this this story came out. I just want to contrast this with something else. This story came out on the 29th of April, right? This this next story I'm about to show you came out two weeks earlier in the exact same paper. The Sun, right? So it's from The Sun, but via news.com. So this is, two, this is a few days ago, two weeks earlier. Air stewardess is selling used tights and unwashed uniforms to perverts on eBay to make money. Two weeks earlier. So they're obviously horribly offended by the sexism, the air stewardesses. 
I don't know. I don't even know how they take that job in the first place. Cabin crew from the world's top airlines have resorted to selling used tights and unwashed uniforms to perverts for extra cash. Air stewardesses are said to be selling their used tights and unwashed uniforms to perverts on eBay in a bid to make ends meet, it has been claimed. Cabin crew from a range of top airlines have been offered as much as £500 or Australian $910, which I believe would be American somewhere in the vicinity of about $750, $800 American, for a pair of tights they describe as, quote, well-worn. Items listed online include name badges and even shoes filled with, quote, the fragrance of my natural perfumes. <laughs> One listing for a pair of used tights says, worn on many long distance journeys, very long hot shifts. Ivan on YouTube says, whoa, I'm a pervert. <laughs> No, if you if you just buy uh, two pairs of pantyhose and one pair of shoes, I don't think that's pervert. If you do, however, look at this safety card, that makes you a sexist, right? Just so we get the rules clear. Its description adds, uh, very worn and fragrant of my natural perfume as often worn minus underwear. A male Norwegian airline steward said one of his colleagues was offered £300 for a photo of her wearing the outfit being sold. There she is. £300. A man who has worked for Nor Norwegian Airlines since 2015 said his colleagues on every pl every flight are taking part of the, uh, of the antics. So the workers obviously think that this sexism stuff is a big problem. And obviously the safety cards would be to blame, I suspect. People think we have a glamorous life going around the world. I don't think people realise we are reduced to selling our used crew shoes to make ends meet. An awful lot of crew I am flying with have been reduced to selling uniforms. On every flight, at least one or two are doing it. Although he blasted the, quote, perverse market as awful, he is thinking of copying his colleagues as he is struggling to live on minimum wage. Oh, how awful. Or you could just get a normal job. You could do that too. Probably, I suspect. <laughs> Why are all these safety cards in the loo? Real Ron Peterson. Good question. Good question. I did have a video, but I'm, I'm going to skip the video about Lake Erie and just go straight to this this article here. Penis, this, this is how you take government action. <coughs> This is how you get the government to act. See, there's no chalk outline over this pothole, ladies and gentlemen, is there? Look at that. So the premise for this story, we just watched the video before with the would-be communists, the wannabe revolutionaries, thinking that they're going to change the world by writing things like communism and bash the fash in pretty pink chalk on a sidewalk in a well-kept reserve or park. They think that's going to change the world. They think that's going to make the government change their ways. This is how you make the government change their ways. The people of this town were so annoyed by the government not fixing the potholes that they went around and spray-painted penises around the potholes to force the local government to fix the pothole and clean up the paint. That is utter brilliance. That's how you get government to act. See, a little bit of light vandalism is just what the doctor, order, uh, doctor ordered. Penis potholes prompt council to take action. A council has been shamed into doing something about potholes via a creative means. Someone has gone 
around drawing penises around the holes to highlight that they were still there and in need of attention. Apparently, it's an effective way to sort things out as they were fixed within days despite being a problem for a year before that. Bravo! Locals praised the power of the willy in Middlesbrough after the graffiti was placed around them on Wednesday. On Friday, pictures of them were shared on Facebook having been filled in. Yes, it is brilliant. It is utter brilliance. A little bit of cheeky vandalism for the sake of getting a pothole fixed. A spokesman for Middlesbrough Council said a road mending team that was already in the area acted to repair them once they were made aware of them. Residents in Acklam, a suburb of Middlesbrough, which is where they appeared, were delighted. Zoe Jade Price says, there's going to be a penis on every pothole now. (laughs) (laughs) Alison Johnson said, so that's what we have to do to get them repaired. Another person commented, the power of the willy. It's only been there a year. Well done, Middlesbrough Council. A spokesman for Middlesbrough Council said, Middlesbrough, like all local authority areas in the country, has issues with potholes and repairs are carried out on a priority basis determined by the risk they pose to highway users. Well, apparently, ladies and gentlemen, that's bullshit unless they legitimately think, which could be true, we are talking about Britain here, but they they may legitimately think that a spray-painted penis now poses a risk to society, right? This would be more of this toxic masculinity creeping in. I mean, the very same people get offended by safety cards on air air travel. So let's not put it past them. Maybe they really do think that a spray-painted penis on the road poses a safety risk. Currently, however, we are carrying out pre-planned works in the Acklam area and staff were able to visit the nearby site on Fane Grove when the matter was reported to us and we have patched over the hole. Bullshit. You did it because somebody posted a penis on Facebook and you didn't want to get embarrassed because it said, this pothole's been here for a year. Let's see how long it takes them to fix it now. Well done. Well done, lads. Pure brilliance. Getting government to act with a little bit of cheeky graffiti. Absolutely wonderful stuff. All right, guys. I'm going to take a quick five-minute break. Been going for two and a half hours. When we get back, we'll get into your tweets that you sent through. Very much looking forward to that. If you stick around, then I'll see you in five minutes. If you don't, I'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Just a quick little reminder too, the Discord link is on that tweet if you go to my timeline, if you want to join the Discord. Other than that, I'll see you in five. Hello, everybody. This is Chris McDonald. I want to take this opportunity to invite you to listen to our Mac Files broadcast every Monday through Friday night from 9.30 to 10.30 right here on Periscope, YouTube, and Facebook Live. We always have a wide variety of guests that talk about faith, make America great again, the nation, President Trump. We deal with a lot of law enforcement issues, a lot of immigration issues, and issues that are very relevant to the time that we live in. Friday night at 11.30, the one and only James R. joins us for Pirate Radio, one of the liveliest shows late night that you'll ever have. And then Sunday nights, we have uh, Pastor Ronnie Mitchum join us at 8.30 p.m. for our Sunday night faith chat. And be there. We're looking for you. Join us each week. Aloha. James R. here. When I'm not in court defending the boys from the starting block against slander charges... Hey! 
Alleged. Yes, yes. Alleged. I'm hosting Trust and Verify with Boogie Bumper every Sunday night at 1 a.m. on TABshow.com. Join us and all your favorite broadcasters there. TABshow.com. Friend and foe alike, join me, Varun Prasad, every week on the Common Discourse Weekly Roundup podcast. You can follow the show on at TCD Tweet on Twitter and Periscope. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, StreamMe, iTunes, or your preferred podcast platform. If you like what you hear, or you would like to express your raging discontent, please consider leaving us a review. The Common Discourse, independent political opinion, thought, and analysis for the people, by the people. Do you lie awake at night pondering life's big questions? Is there a God? What is the meaning of life? How would one do an hour-long sports show without ever actually talking about sport? If yes, we can help you answer 33% of these pressing questions. All you have to do is check out the starting block on TAVshow.com, Periscope, Stream Me, or YouTube, Wednesday mornings at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also download the podcast on iTunes just by searching for The Starting Block in the store or at thestartingblock.podbean.com. Or if you're really desperate for answers, why not check us out on Twitter, at The Starting Block. No K at the end, don't forget to drop that K. Enlightenment is now only a click away. So that's why that kind of political speak, those kinds of comments, whether I witness them or they're thrown directly at me, they just don't bother me anymore. I, I laugh. Because I know basically the entire, you know, the entire ideological platform on the left and has, is built on fear and always has been. Remember, it's, it's, there's fear of capitalism because those greedy business owners, they're going to starve you to death. They're going to work you to death. That's built on fear. There's fear of the rich. The rich are trying to keep you down squashing you, trampling on your dreams. You need to get rid of them. That's selling fear. There's fear of freedom. I mean, why do, why do you think, why do you think safe spaces exist? The people accusing you of selling fear and paranoia literally endorse the creation of safe spaces in universities and triggering warnings, trigger warnings just in case someone might present a piece of educational material, whether it be in some kind of book or movie, that may stroke them in a negative way emotionally. The people accusing you of selling fear and paranoia literally need to be warned about material in books in universities before they hear it. And they say you're the ones pushing fear. In reality, they are the ones that exist and live and breathe in a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365-day-a-year campaign of fear. Fear of everything outside the norm that's been constructed within the bounds of the ideology itself. Because their fear, real or imagined, is what motivates them to accuse you of using fear against them.
Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Sneaking with us. Ah, stretch your legs. We're back. Back at my favorite part of the show every single week. The stuff that you send me on the Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, before we get to the main thread, this one, I was tagged in this one and I thought it was so funny. I thought it was so wonderful. One, just one of those little moments that I have to share it with you. So here we are. This is a Christian Dior fashion show. And for some reason now, fashion shows, they look like neo-Nazi rallies with tiki torches, apparently. I don't know why. Um, are fashion designers neo-Nazis now? I'm not sure. But I do know, to be fair to the Nazis, they did always dress rather spiffily, didn't they? They always looked rather sharp in their jackets and their brown shirts and always tucked in and their, their boots, their boots were always shiny. So they always did dress well, did the Nazis. And so that's why I suspect we have the uh, rather neo-Nazi-ish of 2017, 2016 of that particular season with the Tiki Torches. So let's take a little look here. Thank you for the super heart. Let's take a little look here at Fashion Week, Christian Dior Fashion Show. Let's have a look. I thought it was Axel F for a second. Now, I don't know if the cat is actually part of the fashion show. I'm not sure. And I don't know how many cats uh, were killed in the production of these clothes. But let's carry on. Somebody grab it. Watch this, watch this. He, he backs up to the woman in an expensive dress. And there he goes. Yes. Good shot, little fella. Well done. I love it. These stuck-up foppish fashion types sitting around their tiki torches. Now, for the rest of the evening, in her gown that probably cost her more than most people earn in a month, at least she has to wander around trying to make small talk and rub shoulders with people while stinking violently of cat piss. That's poetic justice right there, folks. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. 
Yeah, some this stuck up slag in a in her expensive dress at a fashion show gets pissed on by a cat just like the rest of us. It's the great leveler. <laughs> well done. Well done, my feline friend. Now that's communism. All right. Let's get to your stuff. Thanks again to everyone who contributed. It is always my favorite part of the show because I don't know. I don't get to pre-read anything. I don't pre-watch any of the videos you send through. <clears throat> Let me refresh it because Stefan Sears is probably trying desperately to send something to the thread right now and he always abuses me. Okay, I don't know if it went up. Did it go up? No. Too late. Too late. Too bad. So sad. From your show yesterday. Oh, Nancy made a Nancy made a meme. Thank you, Nancy. Ready to pay the bar tab. Yes. There's that grin. There's that shit-eating grin. If you missed yesterday's show, um, you know, we had a lot of fun. William Barr was next level. Just the way he handled himself. I was laughing uncontrollably when I was watching it live. And I was I was still laughing when we watched it again together the second time. Just his reactions and the way he treated these people with utter disdain whilst displaying nothing but sheer boredom. It was just something to behold so if you missed the show yesterday I forget I even forget what it was called um, oh yeah DMV employee of the month William Barr so if you missed it yesterday go back check it out you'll laugh thank you for the meme wonderful uh, from Original Rev I did see something about this Democrat on abortion some kids are unwanted so you kill them now or you kill them later <laughs> I can see there's great logic happening here. This is tremendous logic. Let's have a look. All I'm saying to you, it ought to be a woman's choice. I'm not about to be as a male tell a woman what to do with her body. Did a woman tell you to wear that hideous suit to work today, sir? Just a little question. <laughs> a little question without notice. I ain't going to be a type of man and tell a woman what to do with her body. Did a woman advise you on what to do with your body, specifically the type of hideous sky blue suit that you should slip into before you go work for the government? The government? Perhaps they should have. She has a right to make that decision herself. To rape the insect. Some kids are unwanted. So you kill them now, kill them later. You, you bring them in the world unwanted, unloved. You send him to the electric chair. So you kill him now, I'll kill him later. Wow. But the bottom line is, is that I think we should be making this decision. Wow. <clears throat> Watertight logic there. <laughs> That's powder blue, says Ginger Lee. <laughs> I've been corrected. <laughs> the, fe the female fashion eye has corrected me. You have struck the ruler down on the back of my knuckles and taught me a very valuable lesson. Powder blue. Powder blue it is. Who am I to argue? It's hideous, nonetheless. Whatever kind of blue it is, it's it's shocking. Shocking blue. There you go. See what I did there? See what I did there? But it is it is tremendous logic, uh, logic, isn't it? If you if you don't kill them when they're in the womb, you're going to kill them eventually anyway. I guess he's got a point. We're all going to die someday, so why even bother? Why even bother being born? <laughs> What's the point of being born if we're all going to be dead eventually anyway? Really? Right? Am I right? We may as well just kill everybody now. Because really, what's the point of even being alive when you're going to die? Right? 
Makes sense to me. Next minute, genocide. Oh, shoot. I got rid of the thread. One second, folks. One second, folks. That's aqua blue now. Now there's an argument in the chat. The most heated debate in the chat we've had all night is about what kind of blue the suit is, believe it or not. I've seen this before, Carol, and it's still funny even now. If Trump is impeached, Pence becomes president. Pence pardons Trump and appoints him the vice president. Pence resigns. Trump becomes president and appoints Pence as his vice president. Liberal heads explode. (laughs) Ah, now, see, this is the kind of stuff I like from Original Rev. Man seeking wife ad from 1865. Do you think their expectations were a little different back then? Chance for a spinster. (laughs) Are you a lonely old spinster with cobwebs in her nether regions? Maybe this is the way you're supposed to talk to um, strip club ladies, ladies of the night, if you're a gentleman in a strip club. A young man in a Rustook County, Maine, advertising for a wife, speaks of himself as follows, quote, I am 18 years old, have a good set of teeth, and believe in Andy Johnson, the Star-Spangled Banner, and the 4th of July. Even back then, patriotism was being questioned. Folks, you'll be pleased to know. I have taken up a state lot, cleared up 18 acres last year, and seeded 10 of it down. My buckwheat looks first rate, and the oats and potatoes are bully. (laughs) I have got nine sheep, a two-year-old bull, and two heifers. Besides a house and barn, I want to get married. Wow, sounds good to me. Notice he only said he has good teeth, which would indicate back then, uh, you know, a strong genetic line. And he then talks about his property and how many cows he has. Pure, strictly, strictly value transaction. You know, see, back then they weren't so concerned with things like personality. They didn't care so much if you were a nice guy, if you like to walk on the beach, if you like to take her out to dinner and whatnot. No, tell me how many cows you have and how many acres you have cleared and whether or not your teeth are straight. That's what I'm interested in. And that's the way women should approach men today. Of course. From TMZ, Clay Clay Gatlin. Steve Cohen fried chicken. Oh, we did the fried chicken. We did it to death. We didn't actually see him eat any fried chicken though, did we? He's never been so popular. Oh, did you did you see that? Did you see that? A woman approached me. <laughs> she likes me. He's the most popular guy on Capitol Hill today. All he had to do was bring in a bucket of fried chicken. For the last 35 years, nobody even knew his fucking name. <laughs> he was just that weird guy. Today, he's the chicken man. I am the chicken man. You will come to me if you want to be fed. Drumsticks. Drumsticks. Look. He is so proud of himself. He's trying to offer chicken to other people. They're even going, no, no, thank you, Steve. No, that's fine. That's fine. Thank you. (laughs) 
sea fried chicken, so. Yeah. Oh, he's too cheap. <laughs> <laughs> These are the people that want you to take them seriously. These are the people who say that they're doing it because they love the country and want to protect people from an evil tyrant. These people. The people who bring chicken to Congress and sit up there with little chicken toys, making jokes about chicken, handing out fried chicken, and, you know, experiencing the most joy that they've ever had in their joyless, irrelevant, pathetic lives. In that one moment, he was king of the world with a greasy hand on the lever of power for the first time in his life. Everybody wanted to talk to him. The cameras wanted to get in front of him. People, people thought, who is this chap with the chicken box? Who is this chap who brought a bucket of chicken to Congress? And, you know, this, this kind of exposure is something that he's been dreaming about his whole life. Ever since he was just a small boy biting down on his first chicken nugget, he looked down at the box, he looked down at his greasy fingers, he looked down at the little refresher towels that seemed to be getting smaller over time. And he said to himself, you know, mate, you're going to be in Washington one day. And a salty, herbed and spiced dream was born. And today, those dreams became reality. Well done, Steve Cohen. You will forever be known as the guy who brought a bucket of chicken to Congress and held a little chicken toy up to the camera in a vain attempt to convince the world that you're the reasonable, rational option for the most powerful government in human history. Congratulations, Steve. You complete ass clown. <laughs> Devin Sears with this week's edition of the Steel Panther videos that everybody hates. Thank you. Thank you, Stefan, for keeping the tradition alive. Oh, hey, hey, what's up? What's hey, up? Justin. So, Justin, you got a question about birds flying and why you can't put feathers on your dumb ass and fly? Yeah. <laughs> really, dude? Aerodynamically, you're not as cool looking as this guy. Thanks. Look at this guy. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Great comment from yeah. Ben in the chat. He looks like a cross between Ben Franklin and the Crypt Keeper in regards to Steve Cohen. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Thank you, you Platinum Mimi. Like See you Watch next this. time. If wind blows on him, look what's happening. Look, look. If wind blows on him, look, look. If wind blows on this guy, check out what happens. Is he flying? No. Nope. Fuck no. If he had feathers on his head, would he fly? No, he's not an Indian. I don't know what that means. Either way, humans can't fly, dude. Ass sticks, I'll tell you. It's true. Humans can't fly, Justin, but birds can, and that's because their bones are hollow. Ah. Their bones are hollow and their beaks are made out of graphite, okay? Nice. Graphite-beaked, hollow-boned birds. That's what flies, Justin. <clears throat> Not you and your stupid, dense bones and your marrow and your dumb brain and your stupid tongue <clears throat> and those horrible pants you're wearing right now. Change your pants, Justin. It's not 1991, dude.
Step up, dude, get a lab coat. Get cool, Stretch all right? it out, stretch it out. Put Watch your legs this. up. If your back hurts, your lower back, it's because you, your hamstring's tight. Dan, Dan the man in the chat says, they're flying on coke. <laughs> yeah, stretch it out. I, stretch I, it couldn't, out I couldn't agree more. That's You're it. really flexible. Yeah, that's how you do it. Anyway, Justin, birds can fly because they have graphite beaks, <clears throat> hollow bones, that's, and you don't. Isn't it cold being at the gym? Ow, this really hurts. Oh. Okay, that was pointless as usual. Thank you for that, Stefan. Much appreciated, sir. Exotic bird that killed Florida man goes up for auction, and this came from Follow Q in another of our weekly installments of our, it's soon becoming our most popular segment, ladies and gentlemen. It's called What the Fuck is Going On in Florida? Seems like every other day we're doing what the fuck is going on in Florida. We're doing more editions of what the fuck is going on in Florida than we are the Shredder, the Weekly Stelder, Sour Lemons. This is becoming out. What the fuck is going on in Florida is going to need its own theme music, I think. Leave it with me. We'll, we'll try to come up with some kind of theme song for what the fuck is going on in Florida. Exotic bird that killed Florida man goes up for auction. <laughs> Why, why does this happen? The birds get auctioned off. The dogs get killed. If if a dog kills a human being, they shoot the dog. If a bird kills a human being, they sell it to the highest bidder. Why, why do the birds get off so easy? Right? If an alligator kills somebody, they kill an alligator. If a shark kills somebody, they kill the shark. If a dog kills somebody, they kill the dog. If a bird kills somebody, oh, put this thing on a stage. Rich people will throw money at us. What's the difference? Why does the bird get away with it? I don't understand. Why? Why, why is the bird protected here? <laughs> a bird native to Australia. Australia! and New Guinea that killed its owner earlier in April in Alachua County will go up for auction on Saturday in Madison, according to the Gainesville Sun. Marvin Hyos, 75, was, ki Hyos! was killed April 12 by his cassowary, which is regarded as one of the largest and most dangerous birds on the planet, according to the Gainesville Sun. The flightless bird weighs on average up to 130 pounds and stands six feet tall. It's basically a fucking dinosaur. I mean, look at this thing. It's a dinosaur. The bird was among a large collection of animals, which are also up for auction. Uh, it also has a four-inch dagger-like claw on each foot. Maybe we can have a look at a cassowary. Oh, cassowary attacks. Do you want to see cassowaries attacking people? Vote one if you would like to see cassowaries attacking people. <laughs> Let's look at the news report first. Oh, no, I hate those videos. All right. I think you'll vote one anyway, so let's have a look. It's a moment of crisis. What prompted such a desperate call to 911? It was a vicious physical attack, not from a human being, but from a bird. A bird called a cassowary, just like the one behind me. It's known as the most dangerous bird in the world. The cassowary is a close descendant of the fierce velociraptors. The oh! in Jurassic World. Stand down. Give it to me. Come on, give it to me. Give it to me. What did I just say? What did I just say like 10 seconds ago? 
I said, it's basically a fucking dinosaur. Look at this thing. It is a dinosaur. <laughs> come on. Come on. Give it to me. All right. <laughs> Where he is a close descendant of the fierce velociraptors, the dinosaurs featured in Jurassic World. Stand down. Who would keep such a creature as a pet? This man did. 75-year-old Marvin Hajos of suburban Gainesville, Florida. His urgent call to 911 came after he was attacked by his pet cassowary. In a fight between cassowary and man, he didn't stand a chance. Somehow, Hajos was able to call a friend, who then placed his own call to 911, urging police to get there quickly. He sounded really frantic on the phone. All he said was send an ambulance, send an ambulance, send an ambulance. Zookeeper Debbie Morganson uses a rake, especially during breeding season. anybody else see the inherent problem with that? Does anybody else see the problem with that? You cannot spend a minute of a two-minute news report telling us how this is the most dangerous bird on planet Earth, how it's a descendant from the Velociraptor, and then say Debbie keeps it at bay with a rake. <laughs> how dangerous can it be? You know, I was... You know, I was nearly killed by a cassowary once. Luckily, I was near the garden shed, and so my trusty rake was within reaching distance, and I was able to survive the encounter. <laughs> Beware the fearsome cassowary. The most dangerous... The cassowary is the most dangerous bird on planet Earth. If you find yourself in its vice grip, one of its dagger-like claws could easily open up your belly and allow your innards to spill out over the floor. It is known to be a, a descendant of the Velociraptor, one of the most fearsome dinosaurs to, to patrol and predator prehistoric Earth. We don't recommend anybody approach the dangerous and wily cassowary unless they are properly trained. Debbie, as you can see in this footage, has a rake, so she is able to keep the fearsome predator at bay. <laughs> he has a rake. It's okay. It's okay. I've got a rake. He sounded really frantic on the phone. All he said was send an ambulance. If, if, only, if only this guy didn't hire a Mexican gardener, he would have survived. If only he had his own garden tools, he would be alive to tell the story today, like Debbie. Send an ambulance, send an ambulance. Zookeeper Debbie Morganson uses a rake, especially during breeding season. <laughs> Fucking the birds are protecting their eggs. The main thing you worry about is their feet, their most deadly weapon. She's correct. Cassowaries don't bite. They use their claws, which can grow four inches long. This guy uses a thick shield to protect himself during an attack. So more like running at you and, and kicking you and jumping at you with those. She's doing it with a rake, bro. <laughs> She's just standing there with a rake. She's not even looking at the bird. She's not, she can't even be bothered with it. <laughs> She's a genius. I mean, look at what this other guy's going through here. Now that looks fearsome. I'll give him that. So more like running at you and and kicking you and jumping at you with those with those feet and. And she's just standing there with a fucking rake. Debbie is next. 
like a velociraptor. They're going to shred you pretty quick. Wildlife expert Jared Miller says the dead man might have made a mistake. It's a situation where a little slip up like, like a trip and fall definitely gave that large bird an advantage. Yeah, he didn't have a rake. That was his problem. That's where he lucked out. Unlucky. Next time, you know better. More from Follow Q. I have no idea what this is. Uh, this is a pregnancy book. I, oh, actually, I did see this. I saw the comments when it was originally posted. And somebody said, like, look where the legs are. <laughs> look where the legs are in this diagram. After 30 weeks of being pregnant, the baby is now fully formed inside of the lady's body and will soon be time for the birthing. Look at the look at the length of the arm. When the baby is ready to be born, the woman will crouch down and let the newborn crawl out of her so it can be finally be released into the wild. <laughs> out you come, little one. Thank you. Released into the wild. <laughs> oh, excellent. Feds investigating alleged armed disruption attempt at US-Mexico border in December. Report. Report. God, I'm sick of these little pop-up shit things. The December 18 document from the FBI specifies an alleged plan for activists to purchase guns from a Mexico-based cartel associate known as Cobra Commander. Not Cobra Commander! Not the Cobra Commander, ladies and gentlemen! Oh, no! Now stop sputtering like a wet toaster and get busy! When the Dominator is operational again, we shall seize control of the world! Stop surrendering and listen to me! It is too dangerous, Commander! There could be dire consequences! There will be dire consequences for you if you do not obey my orders! You twats! I'll try to read it in the voice of Cobra Commander, but my voice box may explode. Here we go. When federal law enforcement officials last year began collecting dossiers on mostly American journalists, activists and lawyers in Tijuana involved with the migrant caravan, one part of the investigation focused on an alleged plot for a cartel to sell guns to protesters, you fools! According to Federal Bureau of Investigation report! The 718-2018 document from the FBI obtained by the Union Tribune specifies an alleged plan for activists to purchase guns from a Mexico-based cartel associate known as Cobra Commander! Or... Ivan rebelling. The protesters wanted to stage an armed rebellion at the border. 
the FBI reported to dozens of federal law enforcement agencies in US and Mexico. The unclassified report was provided to the Union Tribune on the condition the person providing it would not be named, and with the request that the entire document not be shared online because of the ongoing nature of the investigation. The document warns of anti-fascist activists plan to disrupt US law enforcement and military security operations at the US-Mexican border. Well, this, this isn't fucking around here. These people aren't fuck. <laughs> See, we played the clip earlier of the kids pretending to be revolutionaries, LARPing, and they were in the upper middle class city with the well-kept streets. They, they come from upper middle class families. They're white kids, they're students, and they're, they're putting on the black masks and stuff and they're pretending to be communists. When, when a real communist would kick the shit out of them for their lunch money, right? So the next level in this LARP, in this, in this pretend revolutionary cosplay, is to go down to the border and buy guns from Cobra Commander and start agitating with the American law enforcement. I, I, I don't know what's wrong with these kids. What do you, what do you, what do you think is going to happen if you go down to the border, buy guns and start firing rounds at American military personnel? What the fuck? That, that's where the LARP ends. Like that's where that's where the fantasy of revolution comes. That that's where it goes crashing into reality when you start doing that shit. Two additional law enforcement officials confirm the investigation is ongoing, although no one has been charged. Unclassified means information can be released to people without a security clearance, but the document was also labelled law enforcement sensitive, which means it has it was intended to be seen only by those in law enforcement. Two people named in the report, Ivan Rebelling and Evan Duke, said the accusations are untrue and illogical. Duke said he never met Rebelling and that Rebelling was not someone he would have associated with. Rebelling also said the accusations in the FBI's report are illogical. And I quote, It doesn't make any sense that someone from the United States would purchase guns in Mexico! And the Honduran certainly didn't bring money to buy guns, you fool! It doesn't make any sense. In fact, it's extremely absurd to say the Hondurans wanted to attack the United States at the border. There you go. Get me out of here, you fool! I think I did okay. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> there he is. There's Cobra Commander with his little anti-fascist badge. I've been looking forward to this one ever since I saw it posted. I didn't get to pre-read it. Rare yoga. Rage yoga. Rage yoga involves swearing and booze breaks. You know who's a big fan of rage yoga, ladies and gentlemen? Yoga is supposed to be a relaxing, meditative exercise that gets you ready for the rest of the day. By now, but now, you may be able to achieve the same result by doing the opposite. This would be interesting. 
Rage yoga aims to calm you down and get you fitter by swearing, shouting, and enjoying a beer. Where the fuck do I sign up? Where the fuck do I sign up for this rage yoga? I demand to know now! Don't you see? I'm already doing it. I'm already doing it. I'm already doing rage yoga. It's how easy it is, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rage Yoga 101. Today, you're going to experience wellness at levels that you never thought possible. Now, I want you to... First, we're going to balance our chakras. So the first thing I want you to do is stand completely still, remain calm, close your eyes, and then I want you to think about something. I want you to think about... What a fucking asshole you are! What, what was that? Never mind. Continue to stay calm. You bastard! I hate you! <laughs> Get me a fucking beer. Lindsay Istis, the founder of Rage Yoga, explains on her website that her method is, quote, a practice involving stretching, positional exercises, and bad humor with the goal of attaining good health to become, a, to become zen as fuck. More than just practice, Rage Yoga is an attitude. <clears throat> just what we need, more attitude. Lindsay explains that she felt really out of place in regular yoga class. Why? Because she wanted to turn around and tell everybody what a prick they are. You know, all this talk about trying to make me relaxed, all of these people trying to make me relaxed and make me calm down, I just didn't feel right in yoga class. It didn't make sense to me. But as soon as I walked up to my instructor and punched him in the face and told him what a fucking asshole he is, it all made then it made sense. Then I felt at home. Then all of a sudden I was like, ah, oh, I just found my fucking chi. Thank you, you bastard. Thank you, you piece of shit. Now get me a fucking beer. Zen, you idiot! She adds, <laughs> she adds that it made me feel like I was standing in a library full of gymnasts. So she decided to create Rage Yoga. Rage Yoga? Rage Yoga. Lindsay says Rage Yoga has helped her a lot. My practice gave me strong body-mind connection and a new appreciation for my body. I learned how to slow my mind, feel good in my body, and built some decent pipes while I was at it. It helped me overcome addiction and weather a lot of personal obstacles. It kept me healthy and sane. So she just goes around screaming at people. Oh, oh yes, we've got a video of Rage Yoga, ladies and gentlemen. Let's send that to the big screen, shall we? Let's send that to the big screen, baby. I've got to see this. Um, I love yoga. So peaceful, relaxing, and it has lots of health benefits. But a local yoga instructor is flipping the script on this ancient exercise. Instead of namaste, you hear a lot of, well, we can't say on TV. Lauren Tallarico went to a rage yoga class tonight and has the story in their own words, or should I say in their own bleeps. Hey, I'm Ashley, are you doing the class tonight? Would you like a yoga mat? Yoga itself actually means union, so union with yourself. Exhale out through your mouth, and that's not always just like super calm breathing, practicing like quiet time like a lot of yoga places are. Some people need to like release and let go. Exhale, kick on that It's a great thing to just... <laughs> I'm sold, I'm down. I'm like, where the fuck have you been all my life, Rage Yoga? Look, she's got a glass of beer in her hand. 
um, motherfucker, um, I fucking hate you, um, let's do some shots, um. Cream it out. Get rid of all that f***ing tension in your head, your neck, your jaw, everything. <laughs> yes! Yes! Get rid of all of that fucking tension in your neck. <laughs> A lot of yoga places are. Yeah. People need to like release and let go. It's a great thing to just. Oh yeah, she's yeah. Duck's raginess. Duck's raginess is very quick. He picked it up. Oh, nice pentagram. She's yeah. She's got a hail Satan shirt on. That's telling you. But you know what? If we can put up with the hail, if we can, I tell you what. I'm willing to forego the Satanism. I'm willing to look beyond the Satanism. You bitch. As long as you help me ease my tension, you slut. Fuck you. Ah, oh, welcome, welcome to class. Welcome aboard. <laughs> You're a natural. <laughs> Listen here, sweetcakes. I'm willing to ignore your Satanism, you disgusting fucking deplorable bitch. As long as you can work this fucking tension out of my neck. What the fuck am I paying you for? Oh, get this guy a mat immediately. Pour him a beer. He, he, he'll be teaching the class in a week. Scream it out. Get rid of all that tension in your head, your neck, your jaw, everything. Let it go. My name is Ashley Duzich and we're at Brash Brewery and we're going to do rage yoga. Exhale, release all that shit. let it go. Rage yoga is a practice that involves breathing, stretch. Oh man, did you see what they've got in the background? They've got the 1980s arcade video games. Who spotted that? Now see, it just gets even better. They're in a brewery. They've got the wine casks. They're screaming obscenities at each other. They're working the tension out of their necks. And then when it's all said and done, everybody can get up and play Street Fighter together. I'm in. I'm in. Done. Done. I'm there. I'm there. Can we play Pac-Man after this? Yes. Yes, we can. I thought I was supposed to, you know go for a relaxing walk or read a book or something after yoga. Fuck no. We get drunk and play video games, man. You asshole. <laughs> I'm fucking in. I'm so in. I'm so in, I can't believe I'm already out. That involves breathing, stretching, mudras, yoga postures, mudras. and a lot of bad humor. And one of the funniest things um, I think I ever heard was, I told you to do the dishes. <laughs> We actually take beer breaks during the class. Cheers. It's definitely not for everybody and that's totally okay. I also don't recommend bringing your children. We're all angry about something and we all have been holding onto an F-bomb for a little bit too long. So that's what this does. It allows you to have a safe space to let go of your anger and frustration and rage in a healthy way. And I like to think like, because like people yell things out Imagine, like, they're all there on the mat. They're drinking beers. They're playing Pac-Man. People are yelling things out like, you know, why didn't you do the dishes and stuff? And it's like, you know, just let that tension out of you. Just let that rage out of you. And somebody yells out like, I'm going to rape you. And then everybody just stops and looks at him. <laughs> dude, dude, that's that's not, we don't, that's not cool, man. Yeah, that's that's really weird, bro. Why did you yell that? I, I, don't, I don't know. It's just, just what came out. Yeah, um, hey, you know, like, 
Um, you know, I don't know if you're right for this class or not. Fuck! You told me I could say whatever I want. You said this was a safe space. Yeah, but you know, it's like... <sighs> it's really not cool. And also wash it all away with some ice cold beer. To come up, all the way. Exhale. Fuck yeah. Right. My, my, my. All right, Lauren, so when and where can people do this if okay. interested? Okay, so it's twice a month, uh, the second and fourth Friday of the month at Brash Brewery, which is in the Heights. It's $20 for a class. That includes one beer, and you don't have to be a drinker, though, okay? You can just drink water, too. I get it. It's a gimmick by the brewery to get people in there and get them shit-faced playing video games. That's it. That's what it is. That's all it is. It's twice a month at a brewery. Come on, folks. Work out your rage and then afterwards have a cold, cold beer. Or ten. Okay. Now it all makes sense. The brewery is fucking genius. Snitches get stitches. Another one from Amber. Amber sent some good stuff through. Thank you, Amber. Parrot taken into custody after warning owners of police raid in Brazil. A parrot was taken into custody after it allegedly warned its owners of a potential drug raid. Its owners, who were suspects in an undercover drug raid, were apparently warned of a coming drug raid. Jeez, don't say... <sighs> One of the things I hate most about bad writing is repeating words far too often. Generally, if you repeat a, if if you if you have to use if you have to describe the same thing from one paragraph to a, to the next, you try and think of a different way to say it. Because if you're repeating the same word too often, too too quickly, you know, in in too short a space of time, it actually like it has an effect on the brain. Like it makes people lethargic, and they're not able to process it as much because ugh, it's annoying to your brain. So you need to keep your writing interesting by just changing the words sometimes. Potential drug raid. Its owners were suspects in an undercover drug raid, were apparently warned of a coming drug raid. Like, I need rage yoga. Don't be such a hack journalist! By their green and white bird. When the bird spotted officers outside of their residence, it squawked, Mama, police! Mama, please! Piggy on the spit! Or similar in Portuguese, according to the local news outlet oliberal.com. Despite the bird's efforts, a man and woman were arrested. Drugs, including crack and marijuana, were found at the property, as well as a large amount of money. I just want to be in the room when they interrogate the bird. What did you know about this crack den? Go fuck yourself! Mud wrestling isn't satanic enough. There you have it. I think that's it. I think that's all we got for tonight. Oh, no. The Biden rally. This was sent through by Ducks Regionus. Look at these happy kids at the Biden rally, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go back forward again, shall we? What oh, do we get another one? Somebody sent another one in. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> Is that a cassowary hand? That must be a cassowary hand. 
It is pretty fucking horrifying, isn't it? Very dinosaurific. A not so cute parrot is the cassowary. You sent that. My twit voice. Did you? What did you send? Oh, you're my twit voice, Amber. There you go. Biden rally in Dub... How, I don't know how you say that. Dubacock? <laughs> Dubaco, Iowa. Can't you just feel that energy? High energy crowd. Look at that. Most of the energy coming from the woman taking the photo. Seniors day outing. No disrespect. Just saying that's what it looks like. Indeed it does. Indeed it does. Actually, now that you mention it, look at the white hair here. It looks like there's about three dozen Bernie Sanderses in the audience. Wow. Well done. Oh, you sent the parrot. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of another free-for-all. Thanks so much for spending the last three hours with me. I hope you had fun. I certainly did. And it's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again for the free-for-all. I'll be back next week, Monday through Thursday, the Daily Boogie. Um, Monday through Wednesday, going live, you know, I don't know, somewhere between 6, 7, 8 o'clock. <laughs> I'm doing my best. I know I need a regular start time, but just right now, work's a bit crazy and there's, there's things happening here, so... I'm just I'm just getting to the computer and the studio as quickly as I can for for the time being. But when one once things settle down a bit, I will have like an absolute start time that I will go live every day. And if you're sick enough to want to listen to me every single day, then I will provide you with a, a schedule that's actually accurate for once. So I'm doing my best. So I'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, over the weekend, ladies and gentlemen, if you are so inclined, a couple of recommendations, if I may. The first one would be tomorrow night, Chris Mack and James are on Pirate Radio, 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. For that show, follow Chris at ChrisMC44 on Twitter. You'll get the notifications that way. And actually, after Pirate Radio tomorrow night, myself and the voice of reason, Adam J, everybody's favourite poll, We'll be live in a studio for another edition of The Common Discourse. And that's going to be really late. And that's following directly following Pirate Radio on Friday night. So probably about, I don't know, 1 in the morning, 1.30 in the morning. So if you're keen for that, then we'll see you then. Don't forget Saturday night with James hosting Ladies of Liberty. If you want to follow James, do so at Real Person PLTCS. And through the week, incidentally, James is the best, He's, in my opinion... The best at giving 15, 10 to 15 to 20 minute data uh, data drops. If you're interested in American politics and if you want uh, an angle, if you want a take on American politics that you don't hear very often and a guy that's pretty accurate most of the time, then follow at real person PLTCS and it's just like a 15 minute, I call it like TV dinner presentation. <clears throat> We're not, he's not spending hours like you know, trying to sweeten you up with sauces and meats and dips and breads like I do. He just heats it up in the microwave and then shovels it down your throat and then afterwards you feel satisfied and eat a cigarette. That's the way he does his news. So absolutely follow at Real Person PLTCS through Monday through Friday, even Saturday. I think he scopes most days. 
But on Saturday night at around 11 o'clock, he's joined by the lovely ladies of Liberty and uh, Border Mike as well. So follow at Real Person PLTCS for that. And then Sunday night, myself and James, we get together completing the trio. Completing the triad on Trust and Verify. I think we're going live. James is in the chat on YouTube, I think. I think we're going live about 7 p.m. on Sunday nights now where we take only uh, left-leaning liberal sources for the news. We tear it up. We eat it up. We spit it back out. We, we, we regurgitate it into the mouths of the baby birds. So if, you'd, if you're a hungry baby bird, then follow us at TAV Show on Twitter. Sunday nights for Trust and Verify. And as I said, besides that, then I'll be back on Monday with another episode of The Daily Boogie. So thanks so much for joining us. Another, just one more quick reminder before I go, don't forget the Discord is open for business. So if you want to join in the Discord, join in the conversation, the link is up on my Twitter timeline. I just tweeted another one out not long ago. So feel free to jump in if you want to have a conversation, if you want to debate, if you want to post some articles. I got a couple of articles from the, the Discord tonight. I'll post articles in there, the articles that I use through the week for the show. And there's a voice chat in there as well. So if you join up on the Discord, you'll be able to call into the show when I get that rolling probably next week, next Thursday night. We'll probably try to roll that out and we can have a conversation on air and you can tell people what you think. So besides that, thanks again so much for joining us. Thank you to the Patreons who support the show. If you'd also like to become a supporter of the show, like my Patreons are, then you can do so by heading over to Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. You can subscribe to the podcast by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to inflict upon me a little bit of rage yoga, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Until next time, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, Friday night, Pirate Radio, 11.30pm at Chris Mac 44. Saturday night, Ladies of Liberty with James R. At Real Person PLTCS. Sunday night, Trust and Verify with myself and James. At TAV Show on Twitter. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye-bye.